Bro, so what are we putting under the broscope this week? I think it's time we put on something that we know and love, and that's video games. What? That wasn't in my notes. Shit. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Brosco. What's up? Thank you for joining us again with me and my bro, Adrian. Today, we got a lot of good things to talk about. Oh, my God. And the main thing I want to talk about today is... What is it? The trailer, the final trailer for Avengers Endgame. Oh, I saw it. It was... First of all, it came out unexpected. I did not expect it at all. Yeah, I thought they were going to show anything. Every time I wake up in the morning, I always open up my phone and just catch up on whatever news that got announced. Mm -hmm. And I saw this trailer. I was like, no. So I clicked on it. I thought it was like some fan made something. Mm -hmm. No, it was a full on end game. The final trailer. And we finally got to see Thanos. Thanos in his new armor. He saw his new weapon, that sword, that double edged sword he had. I thought that was kind of cool, that shower. He's like kneeling and you just see the big three, you know, oh, Iron Man, Captain oh, America, man. and Thor walking towards him. And then Thor had his cape. He had his old, he had his old outfit on. Oh, he, he, he had it in the last one too. Did he? Oh, yeah. When he arrived in Wakanda. Did he? This guy. Anyway. Oh, I feel like his cape has gotten smaller since the first Thor. <laughs> it ripped in, in Ragnarok. Yeah, they ripped it. You know, just oh, yeah. one arm exposed. True. But I want his like full on cape again. His majestic cape. Ah, the, the big kid. red one. Yeah, yeah, the big red one. The one that freaking Iron Man made fun of in the first <laughs> Avengers movie. He's, uh, what's it called? I want his mom's drapes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. So, I want to break it down because there's a lot, there was a lot of imagery and scenes that that were really actually, I was not expecting. Like, the main one was Rocket and Nebula holding hands. Yeah, because I just realized he doesn't know what happened to them. Exactly. And because he, he has no way of contacting them. Yeah. You know? And so then, and then, you no, know, and they both lost something together, you know. Rocket lost his team and Nebula lost her sister. Yeah. And so, you know, even though they freaking want to tear each other's, you know, they're holding eyes hands. out, you know, they're holding hands in mourning. Mm-hmm. And then Tony and Pepper got back together finally. and they finally hugged. So, with that, my question is who's really. Uh, so, do you think they're just going to save themselves, Tony and Nebula? Or no, because in the trailer, remember Tony's in the cockpit and the, his face lights up, like something shows up, something saves them. Huh. I wonder what it'll be though. That's a like, that's, my guess that's is possibly about... Captain Marvel. But how though? Well, she's going she had... planet to planet helping people, and she just like r- r- runs across some random shit. Hey, you guys need a lift, right? It's <laughs> you guys possible. need a jump. <laughs> hey, you never know. Never know. That's the thing about this movie is the fact that you know we don't know anything about it. You know the Russos have done a great mm-hmm. job in hiding that from us. You know. And they did a hell of a job because, like I said, we don't know shit, which sucks, but it's, it makes it exciting when we actually get to go see the movie. So, but uh, that finally we get, we get to see the scene, Tony and Captain America finally reuniting. Mm-hmm. Do you trust me? Yes, they shake hands. But where were they at? From That's... the looks of it, you know, from the, like, um... What's called behind the scene footage and mm-hmm. like set images that were released in the, in the past. They, they were in New York. In New York, and they're they say this time travel might be involved, so it's like the battle like, of New York again. I feel like they're gonna try multiple attempts to fight Thanos, because there's a part in the trailer where all of them are on the ship and Captain Marvel's in the front too. Yeah. But Black Widow has her blonde hair, not her red hair. Oh, I didn't catch that. And then I've seen posters. For the Avengers the game, she has long red hair. Yeah. Or, no, well, all of this could be a uh, tease because, remember, 
the Russo brothers did say they're gonna be messing with it. Yeah, with the trailers. A lot yeah. of the scenes that you've seen. The so trailers maybe that's why they change your hair on purpose to throw uh, people off. See, that's another thing that makes them really smart as far as the marketing goes. They're get you, getting you excited, but they're not giving you the you know the full thing behind it. You know that way you go into the movie blindsided and you don't. And Robert Downey Jr. said in, in an interview, they're like, "This movie, I can t- I I can guarantee you that no one can see what's coming next as far as how the movie goes yeah. plays out from scene to scene. You'll never you can never guess what's gonna come next. And in the new trailer, all the new footage was pretty much just what the, what they showed with Thanos. Yeah, that everything was, else was, is pretty much still the and same. And then that scene at the end where it shows all three of them walking towards yeah, him. Yeah, that, that was all the newest stuff. Where, where do you think in that scene, where do you think they are? Because everything looks like something's destroyed in the background. I don't think that's Titan because it doesn't look like Titan. Maybe it's Earth. Could it be the Avengers facility destroyed? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's on Earth. I think it's on Earth because I think because when his ship got beamed, I think it was Alice Daniels coming from his ship, right? That could be because he didn't. He was not using the uh, the uh, space zone to travel. No. So that could be for, just like how you know the what's called in Infinity War how uh, all his minions were transporting back and forth from the ship. So that could be it. It could be a ship. And from the looks of the trailer, it looks like they are going to Thanos to his ship to fight, to fight him. Yeah, they're just taking the fight to him. I don't know. Ooh. I'm kind of surprised in the big three. I thought Hulk would be a part of that. You know. I mean, I thought it would be like the big four. Well, yeah, but no, the main three are have always been Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. Yeah, that's true. You know, they're like the main, main ones. So, so since we're talking about Avengers Endgame, did you see the news that all the pre-sale tickets are selling out everywhere? Mm-hmm. This everywhere. is a, everybody and their mama wants to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not just on Friday night, no, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, Tickets from the morning shows all the way to the night shows, all of them are just gone. I will tell you this though, I bought my pre-sale tickets because I, I need to see this movie in IMAX. Yes. I, Try and guess what time I bought it for. Like at six in the morning. Two thirty in the morning. I'm not kidding. That's I'm gonna go see going? Avengers Endgame at two thirty in the morning. You're wild. But <laughs> what was the last time that happened though? Huh? When was the last time a movie does that? Not even none. new movies. No, nobody does none that nowadays. That. You know, and even though I... It used I, to happen a lot when we were younger with all these movies, but, but now they not stop. not like that. Not to this extent. Yeah, not to this extent. This is like, because you just said, you know, everybody wants to see this. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Everybody wants to know what's You're happening. You're not going to get out until like five in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Six in the morning. Exactly. You need to get out at six in the morning. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. But hey, I'm excited. I'm going to get my, my beauty sleep the night before, take my butt to bed early and wake up at two in the morning, <laughs> just mob it to the movie theater. 2.30 in the morning. Uh, and I had good seats. IMAX. Reserve seats, right? Yeah, reserve seating. And no it's like stress. those reclining seats too, so it can be nice and comfortable. Okay. Make sure I go to the bathroom before, because it's a three-hour long movie. Three so. hours. Oh, it's going to be worth it, though. So, another thing we want to talk about, the highly anticipated, they finally revealed it, the Joker trailer with yes. Joaquin Phoenix. Did you see it? I did see it. How awesome was that? Oh, man. It was exactly what I was expecting from them. It was just really it, great. It was... For me, it wasn't. It was really? better. Oh, yeah. Of course it was better. better than what I it's exactly what I thought this movie was going to be. And I, I don't know if you caught on to this when I saw the trailer. Because I actually went back and forth. Because when I see mm-hmm. a trailer, especially for an anticipated movie, I go watch, rewatch at least two, three times. Because you can't catch anything on the first time you watch it. You know, you watch yeah, it the I first, watched it multiple times. You watch it the first time just for the excitement. Like, oh, it's the trailer. Yeah. Then you, watch, go, you rewind back to watch it again to see what else you catch. One thing I did catch, which was I thought was pretty clever what they did is, 
in the beginning of the trailer when you know before he gets his suit on his makeup he's like looks like he's like hunching over just like all beat up and tired when he's walking up the stairs then halfway through the trailer when they reveal him in his suit he's dancing down the stairs he's walking down the stairs he walk he's standing straight up you know it's like he's like a new person you know mm-hmm. i saw that I so noticed that. the way i kind of saw it was like in the beginning he's like trying to like make it in life going upstairs but when he's coming down the stairs, he's descending into madness, mm-hmm. into, you know, and he's proud of it. Like you said, he's dancing on the stairs. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty, that's cool how they edited the trailer like that, you know, from before and after. Well, much. I didn't realize, I noticed Thomas Wayne was in the trailer, but I didn't know that was a little Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't, I, I, for, at first the I first didn't know because they never said anything, because at first they had announced that none of the Waynes were going to be in there. Like, their name was going to be dropped, yeah. that way they can keep it relevant to the Batman lore. But they said none of the Waynes were going to be there. But then, then they revealed that, yeah, Thomas that Wayne. was Thomas Wayne on the TV talking, and then that was Bruce Wayne. The one yeah, when he, he, the he little, puts a little smile on yeah. him. Yeah. That was scary as shit, like, when you see That's his head over the wall, he just, he's wearing, like, the red nose. It's a little that pedophile was, right yeah. there to me. That's how I saw it. That's it vibes right there. I bet you have some freaking people going to protest that. Like, oh my god, it's yeah. too creepy. I don't know, but it looks good, though. And like I like how they from the beginning of the trailer towards the end, it's it's um they kept the dark tone to it, mm-hmm. but not overwhelming. It actually it exactly. fits the movie and like how the scenery and what they show in the movie, mm-hmm. it's very it fits it. You know, it's not doesn't look um overwhelming or you know forced. And the way Joaquin Phoenix is taking this character and making it his own, which is good. I'm glad because mm-hmm. I don't want him just to be another Heath Ledger knockoff because yeah. you know. And he is going to be standing different because his whole outfit's different. It's going to yeah. be red. Even his makeup, too. Yeah. Everything's it's more of a magenta color, how I see it. Like a maroon. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, I, yeah. He, he looks good, though. He looks really good. Looks really you know, even good. though the makeup looks, yeah, very, very clowny, but he's, he's working it really well. It actually fits well. It looks good with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited. I just, I'm excited, but honestly... Thinking about all these jokers and different variations for like the uh, for the cinematic universe, I think what they should have, they need a Joker that's more of a clown in the DC universe, like the actual film cinematic for like Justice League, like like a playful kind of. Yes, they definitely need that. Like it's dark but yet playful at the same time. Because that's what the Joker does. And yeah, the, exactly. Know, he, like, I don't, and every, those clown things. Yes, but everyone, all these variations are taking it way too like serious when he could be both, you know? Like, they just need a straight-up clown. Like, I want to see, like, a freaking the hand fish. Buzzer. Like, the, his clown fish. His oh, fish with a smile. gotcha, gotcha. Like, I want that kind of Joker for the cinematic universe. That would be a great... I want to see the hyenas. The hyenas? <laughs> they could definitely do that. It's acid flowers. Well, no, Jack Nicholson had that. Never mind. Yeah, but they could still bring it back, like... The hand buzzer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like that buzzer that poisons you with the Joker Exactly. Poison. The Joker venom. We need to see the Joker venom. Exactly. And then, like, I want to see, like, a villain, like, laughing, like, like his victim smiling and laughing, because that's, like, scary as shit. You come across somebody, like, who needs help, but they're just laughing. Did, didn't Jack Nicholson Joker Yeah, that? he did that. Take that and just bring it to the modern world. Exactly. And so, I, definitely... even though they said that this is not connected to the DCU universe... You know, they should take elements from it, though. They should. You know, that'd be great. Yeah. But I'm glad that DC is making these kind of movies, because we're going to get a bunch of different better... Like one-offs? One-offs. So maybe they could do a whole Batman Hush storyline. Ooh, They could just cool. tell good stories with these characters. I, I think for the Batman, Batman Hush, we have to see how good the animated version does. Yeah. For them to even consider live action. 
That's true. Cuts because it, it's going to entail a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. So That's very true. So, <clears throat> before we round up the new section, I want to talk about something that's very uh, close to my childhood because I watched this when I was a little kid. And that was the animated, the anime movie, Akira. Accurate, yeah. Accurate. I, I unfortunately and, haven't seen it. you know, which I don't know why. How can you still live with yourself? Um, this one is, a, it's, it was one of those movies that, you know, you watch it and, you know, it takes a minute to get into it because, you know, it's a, the movie going in, it's a lot going in, you know. But once you, you uh, once you watch it some more, watch it some more, you know, you, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Either way, from beginning, middle, end, and just the whole storyline is great. And actually, Steven Spielberg has was trying for the longest time to try and ad- adapt it to live action, but he just wasn't. Um, the technology at the time when he was trying to adapt it was, you know, was not there. You know, he wasn't able to get the studios behind it. You know, because there's been so many failures as far as anime to live action. Mm. You know, so far, you know, Alita, just that came out, you know, yeah. a couple months ago, has been the only like really good success one. Look how long that took. Uh, yeah, because like I heard James Cameron been wanting to do that for yeah. the longest, right? And he had the rights to it for the longest time. I think he wanted to make that when he released Terminator 2. Yeah, the way back when, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but <coughs> way back Alita when. Imagine with the, like a Terminator 2 feel to it. Like the 90s feel. That would not feel. be good, though. I don't think that would be good. Because Alita requires the technology that they used to make it this time. Right. Like, you know, recently. It, they wouldn't have worked back then. What if Alita with like the... Robocop feel like the robots. Oh hell no! <laughs> the robots with that old school hell feel. Hell no! That would be terrible. <laughs> no, so I'm glad they waited as long as they did. Probably to make a cult it. classic right now. You know, <laughs> it's one of those movies so bad it's good. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I mean. So that's why um, Steven Spielberg ultimately decided. You know what? This movie I don't think we'll be able to adapt it. Just it's just too much and mm-hmm. it won't translate well. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because Leonardo DiCaprio himself actually. He's gonna produce it. He's actually gonna. They, he got the go ahead from the studio. He got the budget. Hmm. He's gonna. He's gonna produce it. I'm not sure who they got to write it, but um, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Is, this has been a passion project for him. He's been wanting to do this, mm-hmm. and he got Taika Waititi to direct it. Really? Yeah. And, you okay. Know, Taika Waititi. He has a great vision as far as directing because you you know how he took Thor. Yeah. And Thor Ragnarok. You know what he did with it. And that movie was great. Mm-hmm. You know, despite all the negative things people have said about it, to me is one of the one of the best MCU movies. I really love what he did with it. Yeah. And then Taika's previous work has been great, and so him, you know, coming in directing it, I'm pretty sure he can take this and just add that same flair he threw into Thor, and you know. Adapted to Akira, and I think it will be great. I'm, I'm excited to see what you know going forward, what they reveal and, about uh, it. Akira has like the it's a it's not about this, but he has like a bike, right? Yes, well, not him. The uh, Akira itself is not a character. Um, the one that has the bike is uh, one of the main characters. Yeah, his name is Kaneda. He's uh, one of like the he's like the secondary main character. Yeah, every time I hear Akira, I always think of the bike. Yeah, because it's very iconic, you mm-hmm. know, from way back then. And Steven Spielberg used it in um, um, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah that's why. Yeah, the Artemis had it. Yeah, exactly. So you know that uh, because he was able to throw it in there because uh, he always been a huge fan of Akira himself. So okay. So <clears throat> now. Video games. This is what we want to put under the broscope today. But before we get started, drum roll please. We want to bring in another bro. Yeah, we're not alone this time. Everybody, say hello to our bro, Brian. Hey, everyone. What's up, bros? What's up? up? Glad to have you here, man. Glad to to be here. 
So the reason we want to bring video games into the broscope is because video game is huge, has always been big as far as pop culture, entertainment, you know, many, many, for many generations childhood, including ours. Mm -hmm. And we want to talk about it because moving forward, there's been so many news lately about what can we expect as far as the future of video games come going forward. You know, there's with the whole streaming, there's, oh, yeah. you know, all these other competitors and just new different platforms that want to, you know, have their own video games and, and it's just, there's a whole lot that's been coming out as far as in the news. So we want to bring it in because... Like loot boxes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So um, we want to bring it under the brosco because, you know, it's been something that's very near and dear to us. To and, all of us. And we there's a lot of things that we just don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Everybody so, has that one game like, huh. I remember playing this. Yeah. And so one thing I want to start start off talking is just talk about our experiences with video games growing up. You know, for me, one of the most memorable things is that um, uh, the first vi- first ever video game console I had was the Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis, mm. we actually, we bought, my mom bought it to me at, at a swap meet. For me and my brothers, we played Aladdin, nice. Vector Man, Sonic and Knuckles, you know, all these classic Sega yeah. uh, Genesis games. And we would have, we would stay up late you know, with our two controllers, just, all right, my turn, my turn, you know, just playing. <laughs> and then from there, we moved on to the Nintendo, I'm not, the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. You know, who who hasn't played Super Nintendo? You know, Super Mario oh my World, God. Yeah. you know, Killer Instinct, Donkey Kong, all these awesome Super Yoshi's Nintendo games. Island, right? There you go, see? see and so, you guys, what are some of the, one of the, some of the best experiences you had as a kid? I think for me, I remember, I had a 64, and I remember playing the crap. Was out that of... your first one? No, I think my my first one was a Genesis as well. Really? I played the shit out of Sonic, the oh, original yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, the first okay. one. Like that was like I just played that over and over again because I was really bad, so I could never get out of the second world. Mm-hmm. So I would always just keep going and going. Surprisingly, even now when I go back to play those games, they're, they're still, still tough. freaking tough right? to play. It's like what the hell? You know, if we figure now that we're older, we've been more experienced mm-hmm. with video games, eh, it'll be a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yeah, but that was my first console as well as the Genesis Sega. Okay. What are some of your favorite, ex- favorite, exper- memorable experiences that you had? On the Sega? Well, with Sonic, I played that. I remember I played... Was Mortal Kombat on there? It was. Yeah, it was. I did have Mortal Kombat. Cause I remember on playing, Genesis? Yeah. Which one was it? Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat 1, Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3. Oh, I had, all on it. Okay. Yeah, I remember playing the first. Me, one I only played Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo. Actually, I hate to admit it, but my first ever rage quit was with Mortal Kombat really? on the Super Nintendo. Yes, oh, no. my first ever rage quit. My brother was spamming the hell out of me with Liu Kang's bicycle kick. Oh, it was just I hated over that. And over and I just over. kept on using Raiden. <laughs> and I just I remember I threw a remote down and I swung my arm back and punched him in the face. Oh shit! <laughs> Damn. This is my older brother, so he. It, my punch didn't phase him, so he just like looked at me. He had that dash there. I just ran out the room. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I just ran out the room. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first ever rich kid. Oh, it was on the man. Mortal Kombat. How about you, Brian? Yeah. What was some Sega of your... Genesis as Sega well. Genesis? Yeah. Sega Genesis? Sega Genesis. Mortal Kombat 1, the very first game I ever yeah. played. Both uh, my brother and I, we had that rivalry. He was Sub-Zero, I was Scorpion. Even when the you're even wearing a Mortal Kombat shirt yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> right now. And uh, I wonder what's his favorite game, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think Mortal Kombat was actually the first game I got grounded for cussing in front of my parents. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. it was Mortal Kombat three. I was playing Liu Kang. I was. Now, are your parents old school? Like they were like 
Yeah, know, they're they're pretty old school. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's oh, it's not no loud in that household. Yeah, Mm-mm. the shoes so, are flying um, across the room. <laughs> didn't realize they were in the same room as me when I was playing, and I'm like, I'm up <laughs> against Kung Lao. I'm up against oh, Kung Lao, and I'm Luke Han, and I'm like, Yo, Kung Lao, like we're the Shaolin monks. We're supposed to be friends, and Kung Lao just you know throws his hat and does a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm like, Oh, you asshole! And I go into the bicycle kick, and I actually hear my dad just yell out what did you say Brian, and like dude. right there I knew oh I was dead God. like one of my nine lives is out right there <laughs> early on uh, so um, <laughs> yeah. so after the you know, I, was, I was for years with the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis I remember one Christmas for one Christmas we got the Nintendo 64 you know at that time that's when graphics were trying to get better yes. that's when around the time when the Dreamcast was coming out and uh, PlayStation 1 Mm-hmm. You know, this was Nintendo's, you know, competition to those consoles. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, so I remember we got the Nintendo 64, and man, I still have my Nintendo 64. Really? I still play it. Oh my god. Every now and then I bust it out, I have it, you know, tucked away in my mm-hmm. storage room. And, uh, you know, Smash Bros, when that game came out, how freaking, it's still to this day is one of the best games ever. Mm-hmm. To me, even regardless with all these Super Smash Bros. Brothers sequels that have come out, Still, the first one is one of my favorites of it's, all of them. It's a classic. And I, Ocarina of Time, I have the remastered edition on yeah, the DS. I, 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 still, just... I always go back and just play it through. No. I will say, though, I prefer Majora's Mask over Ocarina of Time. Really? Yeah. Wow, I, really... I love Majora's Mask, but it's like the time limit. It's like, fuck, I gotta hurry up. I, still, I, With Ocarina of Time, I could ride Epona, go through the Hyrule field, and be like, I, I got time. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Brian? After Sega, Sega Genesis, what your experience with video games after that? Oh man! So we moved on to PlayStation, and then as well as Sega first Dreamcast. One? Yeah, mm-hmm. first, uh, first PlayStation on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember waking up one morning for Christmas. We got like a brand new PlayStation. It was fantastic. And then like, I think a couple years after that was like the Dreamcast, and like. We're I going never owned crazy a Dreamcast. I had a Dreamcast. No, I never owned it. Yeah, the Dreamcast is way ahead of its time. Oh yeah, yeah. they were trying things. Before anybody, I remember I was really jealous of my neighbor because I, I at that time is when you guys remember arcades. Yeah. You know, who, a lot of people don't even know. You mentioned that to kids now. They're like, "What is that?" Oh, I loved you arcades. And no, many many quarters were spent at arcades. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Dreamcast, I my neighbor had Marvelous Capcom. You guys remember it came out for Dreamcast. And oh yeah. I did. used to go to the arcade all the time to play that, and so when I heard my neighbor, I was like. You, you own an arcade machine? He's like, no, it's on my system. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? And that was, I would always want to try to go over to his house just to play it. Because, come on, from an arcade to your house? Yeah. You can't beat that. So it was, that was really fun for me. One, <coughs> As far as, you know, older systems growing up. For me, when I had the Dreamcast, uh, Sonic Adventure. The little memory cards. You the could take one? your Sonic Adventure. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could take your Chow with you in the little memory card. Yeah, you turn it into right. a little Tamagotchi. With those weird controllers mm-hmm. with the like big ass memory card, <laughs> it's the best memory card ever. It was great. You guys remember for the 64, the rumble packs? Oh, my the bottom? God, yeah, you put in and under the controller like a cartridge. Yep, and yeah, the whole thing shakes. Do you remember? Do you ever have you guys? You guys on the GameCube, right? Yeah, do you yeah. ever have the attachment on the bottom where you could put Game Boy Advance games oh, and play man. it on the screen? Game Boy, I didn't forget about that. I just, my first Game Boy was, I uh, unfortunately, I never had the first Game Boy, the very first one. Oh, my I one, did. My first one was the Game Boy Color. I did have a color. And then when they came out, they came out with like the different color of them. Like yeah. The green one, the purple one. I had the purple one. 
I had that purple one purple too. One. I had the green one. And I, I the ones that the games I love to replay over and over was obviously the Pokemon games, which was, were the, still are some of the most popular games now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, they're though, still going now. Pokemon Red, Blue, Green, and Yellow. I remember yes. those were the best ones. Oh man! But yeah, the the adapter for the I never had it, but I do. remember. I never had it either, but I always I wanted remembered it. that. Because I would play some Pokemon games on the GameCube, and say if and you had the, yeah. if you had that, you, you could play on the screen. Your, your collection of Pokemon from the game, you can put it, you know, on the GameCube. Yeah, that, that was game changing stuff there, and it was, um, and it was cool. And it didn't click to me till just recently. You know how they say the Switch is portable and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The the GameCube was portable. Yeah, you remember you it had, had the little a handle. handle. <laughs> Which was cool. Yeah, was and cool. there was also an attachment for that too, where it had a screen on top. But the only That's thing, right. yeah, remember that you could oh, take yeah. it, but you still had to connect it to like an outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it had a screen. I totally forgot about that. I remember uh, the PlayStation Slim had that as well. Oh they yeah. Had the slim, yeah, the Slim version. It was like probably. If you about, open it, the top yeah, has I never, six inches. I never inches owned probably. the PlayStation, the first one. I never had the first one. So I never owned a yeah, PlayStation at all. But what I do remember from once I, you know, we started moving on to newer consoles. Yeah. For the PlayStation 2, I had the, the thin one. And I remember my friend taught me how to hack it to play Japanese games on it. <laughs> remember, you buy that, whatever, that freeloader disc, and then you just pop it open yeah. and just put whatever Japanese game you played. Mm-hmm. I played all the Naruto imported games. Nice. I remember at the time, they were freaking expensive to ship them, but I, it was like $95 per game, something like that. Oh my god. But I paid it anyway, because I wanted to play it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But like, you know, so now that, you know, all those consoles before you know comparing to now is just like you know worlds apart you know mm-hmm. the graphics are a whole different they cost way more now <laughs> they're true but you know and a lot of the, which brings me to the topic i want to bring up you know this what do you guys see as far as the future of gaming going forward you know we, you know we talked about in our previous podcast you know google announced their stadia yeah apple you know, just announced one too right yeah that's right the apple arcade apple arcade so, what are your thoughts first? What, what do you think Stadia, the potential for, for Stadia actually being successful? Uh, for the Stadia, um, I feel like they're almost going about it the wrong way. I mean, it's cool they could stream it, but I feel like instead of streaming it from their servers, they should just release that one system that you have, and then you can stream it to your separate devices you have at your own home and run it off of your own network at home instead. Cause like, I could, what do you mean? Like... So, like, you know, they have, like, their servers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, download the game To download them. the game, and then yeah. you stream the game from them. Yeah. Well, their technology could be, you know, super up there, but what's the technology, like, at home, you know, for the individual consumers? Like, in the servers so, of, like, right some, here. Yeah, I so, think that's, like... That's one of the things that they mentioned, that all you need is a good internet connection. <laughs> not everybody yeah, can afford not everyone that. has a good internet connection. Well, There's a lot of people true. out in the mountains that don't even have the new, uh, the Google Fiber... Uh, 4G. Oh, the, the 4G? super super fast internet, right? Yeah, super fast internet. Yeah, a lot of people don't have that. So I feel like I don't it'd have be. That. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I I feel like it'd be better if they released their own little system that you could stream the system to separate devices. That way you already home. have the technology. Yeah, so you have the technology. Yeah, that would um, make the streaming more smoother, right? It make the streaming more smoother, and it'll allow you to have you know collectors like myself to actually have physical, physical. games in yeah. your hands. Uh, for me, I that, but that's the thing. That's what they're trying to sell Stadia on is the fact that it, it no quote unquote, it's the console killer. You know yeah. that that that's the whole point of Stadia. That way, you don't need to console. 
you know that's what they want you to stream it that way and the thing is what their main selling point is at the moment you know because they haven't released many details they've released a good amount but so far what the main selling point is is the whole where you're at home playing you know on your tv or whatever you can pause it and then you let's say you got to go somewhere you can just resume on your phone you know, and just continue the same yeah. game, same quality, wherever you left off, continue on your phone. They're going to sell, like, a controller that's this Bluetooth, and you yeah. can connect it anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And then there, then once you're done with that, you can you go home, you can continue the same game on your laptop or computer or whatever. You know, that's that's their selling point. It's the fact that there's no loading time, no wait time. It's just instant streaming. That's what they're trying to, you know. But, so, so with that, uh, do you guys really think that could be actually be a, or how they say a console killer. I would think so. I would think it would just break the barrier between console wars. Like, like, oh, I prefer this because it's only on Xbox. Because, like, hey, I can play God of War now on my phone. Like, hey, I don't have to worry about Call of Duty being exclusive because I can play on my phone now. Or Halo and all that yeah. stuff, right? But, but the thing is, is, I'm pretty sure Google has the money to pay all those licenses. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. That's the money's probably the least of their issues. But it's also it's if the consoles want to because that's one of the also a selling point of the consoles. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta have the PlayStation Four because you can only play Uncharted on there. Yeah, you gotta have a Xbox because you can only play Gears of War on there. But you know, then this you know streaming service comes along and they're like, wait, wait, we don't want to sell you the titles because the reason we we don't have those titles on other consoles because that way people buy our consoles. Yeah, so I think they're going to be very selective of what games. So don't expect every single game on there. Don't expect Halo on there. No, but like maybe these not. Tomb Raider games that are coming out since they're not pretty much exclusive, they'll be on there. Or hey, maybe they might release the first Halo on there. Because you know, the next Halo is coming out, they could release the first Halo on there. And they, they announced that for the way Stadia will work sort of like Netflix, like a subscription service. Yeah. And then you can just same thing with go the Apple through, Arcade. The yeah, TV subscription. You just pay us a monthly subscription, and you just go through their library and just pick a game you want to play, and then just instantly start mm -hmm. playing it. You know, it's a great concept. You know, don't get me wrong, but you know, just like you said, Brian, you know, will other people like who can't afford that internet connection will be able to stream it? Mm -hmm. You know, so as far as the future of gaming, you know, okay. we would also depend. This on, controller might work because it's Bluetooth, <laughs> so I'm happy. Um, so as far as Apple Arcade, um, one of their selling points, what they think as far as, you know, to what they're bringing to the table is that, you no, know, they have already a bunch of exclusives. They say they're going to develop exclusives for their Apple Arcade. Yeah. So, and you know, it's not like they're just buying licenses for games that already exist. They're actually developing their own exclusives. And some of them are actually already available on the Apple App Store, Apple App Store mm. right now. So... That one, uh, there's not many details on it so far, but, you know, we'll see how that goes because, you know, that's already a big advantage over Stadia right there. Yeah, that's true. You know, exclusive games, you know, because it also has to, you know, do with the fact that will they be good games, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll see what comes out. So, um, one thing I want to, something you mentioned to me a little while ago, Adrian, mm. that Microsoft is developing a new... Uh, console. Yes. I want you to t t talk to me more about that. So they're developing two types of consoles, and okay. they're releasing one kind of soon before E3 drops because they want us to get used to it. They're getting rid of the disc drive. They really want to get rid of that disc drive, but consumers are like, I have disc, I want to play on my disc. So they're releasing the Xbox One without a disc drive. 
So that they want us to get used to it as consumers. So when E3 drops, they're going to announce the next Xbox, which is coming out next year. And it's going to have two forms. One without a disc, which is probably going to be the cheaper version, and then the regular disc version where you could put discs yeah, yeah. in there. So that's going to come out next year. And um, I told you Scarlet was the code name for it. So that's going to be the next Xbox. And Xbox Scarlet. And... Mm. Hopefully that doesn't stick because I don't like the sound of that. Well, it never does because for the Xbox One, it was Scorpio. Well, they they released the Xbox One Scorpio anyway. That was anyway. just for like a celebration that they made it. Ah, okay. So that was a one-time thing. And then they oh, called it the right. Xbox One. Which was ridiculous. So expensive. this might be the Xbox Two. <laughs> so I want to get your opinion on that, Brian, because like you said, you're you're a collector. You actually like having physical copy of the games. They're, they're trying really hard to get rid of that. Yeah, Microsoft announced they want to get rid of actual... Discs. Yeah. Disc. That's why they have... They want to eliminate that. That's why they have the Game Pass going on. So they, it's a subscription. You download yeah. the games from them. It's like the same thing with the PS Now subscription. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So these studios really want to get rid of discs because they don't want no. to pay to make these to, to make these discs. They have to make them. Then after a while, once the game sales goes on, they still are sitting on a bunch of discs. Now they have to reduce the price and try to get rid of them that way. Yeah, because that's what's the... That was the original intention of the both the Xbox Game Pass and the PS Now. It's sort of They're like just a trying trial. to cut costs. Like a try it out, like if people actually sign up to it and actually play games off of there instead of, you know, actual disc. So what are your thoughts on that? Like would you, would that be something you would actually you know, once oh. they officially announce it that that's what they're gonna do, would you actually go that route? I you know, I don't think I would because I'm a big collector. I really prefer having like physical copies in my hands that I could do whatever I want with it. Let a friend borrow it, have it on my shelf and I you hate know, my friend admire borrow it. <laughs> yeah, I don't let my friends borrow no. it either. But still, you know, it's it, it's one of those things that you know, that family member borrow or something. It's sort of like um you know, when you look at a movie on Netflix, like Avengers, for example, mm-hmm. Avengers Infinity War, do you guys own a copy of the movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah, but it's also on Netflix as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where it falls into the question is, well, you'd like to own a copy of the movie while it's also see, still on Netflix when you could watch it whenever. I can I can see your point in that because how long will that copy be available on the streaming? That you know? as well. You know, yeah. like, let's say you, you find a game you've never played before on the streaming, whatever, whether it be Stadia or Apple Arcade, whatever, mm-hmm. and you're into it, whatever, then you wake up the next morning, you want to get back into the game, but the game's gone. Like, they, they've already moved on, they took it off the streaming to add more games. Took it off rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely a, a huge, a huge, mm. huge uh, negative when it comes to the streaming. Because there's no way they can just keep putting more and more and more. What if your power goes out? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, what if something happens yeah. to their servers, or what if, you know... Their yeah. servers get DDoSed, and suddenly no one can play any of those games anymore. Yeah, and then you've been relying on streaming for so long, you know, now you can't play nothing. Yeah, that's true. And I was so thinking, I see your point there as far yeah. as having to own the physical copy. Yeah. So it'll be a... It's still a... Ju- you know, nothing can free me whether Microsoft will go around and get rid of them. Yeah. Because that is a big, huge negative. But yeah, um, what do you call it? That's another thing, too, you know, like... Uh, with a lot of games where you own it digitally, people it's just now physical. Yeah, well, when you own a game digital, it's now locked to your account. And then let's say if you lose access to your account, you've lost all uh, your licenses, true. all those and games. What if as someone well. steals your account? And that has happened to someone I, I've known recently, actually. Uh, someone I just met, he his PlayStation account had over $600 worth of games. Ooh. Someone hacked his account, Ooh. changed the email and password on it. And Sony cannot help him out on retrieving the account anymore. 
So now he has completely switched off physical copies of his games. Thankfully, a lot of those games he's got now, he could find them pre-owned yeah, for like cheap. a pretty cheap price. Versus the initial $60 price he paid when it first came out. But still, that's a lot of... Uh, a lot of money lost right there. And not like, just not just money, it's time and time. You know, your trophies, yeah. your, your, trophies your achievements, well. all of that. So yeah. both of these, you know, streaming platforms, that's something they have to take in consideration. They can't just release it without any, you know, expecting any negative impact like that. You know, because that would suck. You know, mm-hmm. you, you would you wouldn't want to invest money and time into any of these things if that's a risk. Mm-hmm. Hell no. Exactly. So um, let's see, where's the thing I just said? So for Google Stadia, they, like I said, their big selling point is that they want to, you know, the whole jumping across different platforms and consoles. Yeah. And so that's what they want to, that's their software selling point. Yeah. And Apple Arcade, they say that right off the bat, right when they launch this thing, they will have over 100 games, you know, already available to stream, you know, to start playing, stuff like that. And then, like I said, they want to do exclusives and stuff like that. So, and... Another advantage that I would say Apple Arcade would have over Google Stadia is Apple Arcade already has sort of a, their foot already in the door with all the, the mobile gaming apps. Yes, yeah, so they already have they already have a bunch of teams already dedicated to mobile. So yeah. if they give them the budget to make actually full fledged games, they can you know, make some be- pretty good be- stuff. Better budget, better you know development teams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll definitely make way more better. You know, they have the experience to make because they'll know as far as for mobile gaming. They'll just pretty much just expand it a little bit. Yeah, and then you also see Microsoft trying to take steps in that direction as well, because I know Microsoft and Nintendo are trying to do something, which I think they're going to announce something at E3, where the Xbox Anywhere app or the Xbox app in general will be integrated onto the Switch. Oh, okay. So uh, um, people are saying with that, can you play like Xbox Game Pass on the Switch? So that means are there going to be some games you can play on the Switch? Because I know they're bringing, um, what's that computer guy? Cuphead. Oh, the game. Yeah, yeah. Cuphead's going to the Switch. As oh. a step, like, with, like, it's a great game, by the way. Yeah, it's a really good game. Cuphead. But they're just trying to like integrate more. So I think Xbox is going to have a big influence in Nintendo this coming E3. Oh, so they're okay. going to have a partnership going on there. Okay. So, you know, speaking of, you know, all these different uh, platforms, you know, trying to expand all of that, Fortnite's trying to expand, too. Really? Yeah. How they, are they trying to expand? They say they want to... Be able to, to, what is that called? Uh, cross-platform gaming, where let's say in in one let's say me us three are playing on Fortnite, right? Well, yeah, I think they already have done that, right? Because I can play on my phone and you could be on your Xbox and we. But can they play. want to include all like all platforms, phones, tablets, all the consoles, and all these streaming, okay. all of them at the same time, like. So that you're playing on your Stadia, he's playing so on. So anybody, whatever you, wherever you're at, anybody can play. Yeah. Pretty mm. much. That's mm. one thing Fortnite wants to... Wants well, to, don't tell that to Prince Harry, because he doesn't... He wants uh, him to stop. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you hear about the whole Prince no, Harry? No, what happened with Prince him? Harry, he hates Fortnite. He, he says it corrupts kids. Here, this is... I'm actually read you a quote. This is <laughs> word for word what he said. I have it right here. Fuck Fortnite. It is more addictive than alcohol and drugs, and it is more dangerous because it norm it is normalized and there's no restrictions on it. He said, this game should not be allowed because there is no benefit of having it and it, it's only created to create addicts in your house. This is what Chris Harry came out of his mouth saying this. 
and it says it's an addiction to keep you in front of your computer or video or video game console as long as possible. It's a very irresponsible game, and it's just like as a parent, we're just waiting for the damage to be to happen to our kids. And that he says it's a if uh, his this is what he said. He says kids are turning up on your doorsteps and families are being broken down because of this game. Yeah, he wants to like ban it from the UK. That's drastic, right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too much. I think he just kind of gave up. I mean, the... I've, I've I've seen kids spend three hundred to four hundred dollars on V bucks before, but but who? I will admit, I have spent a lot of money on video games, See, even yeah. mobile games. I haven't spent a dime on Fortnite though. Oh well, yeah, that's Fortnite. But like, <laughs> let's say if Halo, you're a huge Halo fan. Oh yeah. If Halo was like a a, a Fortnite style game, would you would pay, you would pay hundreds of dollars on of that. Of course, yeah. Just like you, you're a huge Mass Effect fan. If yeah. Mass Effect was a similar type of Fortnite, how much money would you be spending on it? Man, um... Exclusive skins, exclusive guns, exclusive the, armor. The, depends on the skins, I guess. I mean, skins didn't really... Regardless, if it's, me, if it's a skin like, you really like... like, like a lot of stuff. You know, hold on. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna dial back a bit. Okay. Well, my favorite game series, Dead or Alive. Uh, one of the characters in that game, my main character, Kokoro, in Dead or Alive 5, from 2012 to, like, 2017, mm-hmm. they released costume packs all the time. Really? And you could buy uh, the costumes for individual characters rather than the actual packs. But my main character, Kokoro, I think I've spent more money on her than any other person I know in real life. <laughs> so I do see your <laughs> oh point. Now that I come to think about that. There you that. go. So, no, with Fortnite be, to be able to expand this way how they want to to all these platforms, that's just a lot more money for them, you mm-hmm. know? And my kids, both my kids, they're 10 and 6, huge Fortnite fans. And the thing is, with Fortnite, everything about that game is so merchandisable. You know, yeah. the skins in there, the like the, char- like the way the characters are dressed, like some of their props. items. You can sell toys of exactly. the axes, and there's so yeah, many different exactly. types. And, and so, you know, just like actually today, I took my son because he just had a, bir- a birthday recently. For his birthday, he got a, like money and gift cards and all that stuff. I took him to Walmart to spend his money and he bought Fortnite action figures. <laughs> See, like, there's no point to a Fortnite action oh figure except because it looks like a character from Fortnite. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's so merchandisable. No, they're already making a whole bunch of money as it is. So, like, it's like you said, Brian, the fact that Prince Harry said this is way drastic. It's just that. Maybe he's just jealous he doesn't have that money, that Fortnite money. I know. This bottom line, parents <laughs> control your kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you guys ever seen those freak out videos where parents just randomly turn off the TVs oh after kids God. are playing Fortnite? Yeah, no. or just oh, any game in general. You get a chance, just go to YouTube and look at it, just in a Fortnite freak out. And like, Call some kids are like into too. it, like really, really into it, just like playing it. Then all of a sudden, their parents either turn off the TV or unplug it. And they go, oh, ape they go ape shit. <laughs> That's amazing. Man, it's like re- releasing up. Tasmania Devil in your house, and mm-hmm. they just. <laughs> right? It's just nuts. Another thing I wanted to bring up Nintendo, what they're starting to do, they're trying to include more VR. They're trying to bring VR back or to maybe embrace it. Yeah. Okay. Because with the Nintendo Labo kit, they have a little thing where you make That's those... That cardboard uh, thing, right? Yeah, that cardboard thing. But they included a, See? a one to make a, like a VR goggles that go I, over I your head. I have my gripes against the Nintendo Labo. Oh, yeah. Because... Yes, please. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. The thing is, Nintendo Labo is so expensive. It is. It's like a hundred bucks. And it's cardboard. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on, Nintendo. I know you're trying to make well, no, well, they some money. Well, the game cartridge. So think Doesn't about it matter. What are you buying a game? Because the game is like all well, the instructions. Yeah, <laughs> it's not included together in the Labo. 
It's not? No, you buy the, the little game. You know, it's cheap. The game is actually cheap. I, oh, well, yeah. Cause and then you there's buy... The, one, there's two kits, right? Cause one kit three would, kits. One kit will be the main kit where it comes with the game, right? And the yeah. other ones are just like add-ons. Yeah. Okay. But these add-ons are so expensive. Yeah, that's true. The, the price I pay for a full game on my Xbox, like a brand new game, which is 60... When after tax, mm-hmm. is 62 bucks, something like that. That's how much these kits cost. And it's just cardboard. And they, you know the they spent like pennies to make this. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, so I'm They're like, come money. on. I mean, if they would drop the price down to at least you know twenty bucks per kit, okay, I see it. But come on, full price, sixty, seventy bucks for a kit. God, that's damn, just too much. Smart. And the thing is, these are selling out. Yeah, these that's are true. Everyone's the, buying these things. They're gonna be. I'm pretty sure during the Nintendo Direct, they're gonna show off that VR experience because I guess they're gonna have an Odyssey and Zelda VR. It's not gonna be the whole game. That I know of, but it's gonna be an experience set in that game using the VR. Of the and it's Switch. just using the actual console as a VR setup, right? Yeah, because oh, the console man. is pretty much a tablet. Just put that in a little cardboard slit thingy. Put that but over your that, face. Wouldn't that be too heavy on your head after a while? No, no. I have the Switch right there. If you wanna hold it in your hand. But no, I'm saying I'm saying like yeah, if I hold it in my hand, it won't weigh a pound. But I'm saying this thing because you're gonna have to have the kit for it. Yeah. On your but it's head. gonna be plus the console. You need like a you. counterbalance on the back. Which is your because <laughs> of how light, of how light the uh, the cardboard is versus the actual switch, it's gonna tilt down. So you're gonna need some kind of counterbalance to balance That's true. it out. And then, like, well, they have a video of somebody using it, so. Uh, and then and this thing is bigger than a regular VR screen. The ta- the the switch itself, so that's it has to be a distance. How away. harmful would that be to your eyes? Well, that's where your parents come in and limit you. <laughs> Regardless, you know, limited or not, just uh, such ha- having such a because it's not that small. That's it, true. It's you know, it's a good good size. That thing so close. I've used VR before. Mm-hmm. That thing is like right on your eyes. It's like that is true. at the distance your glasses are to your face, and having a screen like that, I don't know. Yeah, but I know Nintendo tried VR a long time ago with that big old red contraption they used to have. I uh, don't know about that. It was like in the Super Nintendo days, but like it was like oh, a VR, but it was yeah, like I don't know what black that and red. You ever seen those? No. Nah. Ah, I totally forgot, but it was like an old school contraption. But yeah, this is them trying to do it again. Because Nintendo tried to do some things back in the day, but it just never panned out. You know, it kind of reminds me of back when we were like kids and playing games up close to the TV and our parents would be like, no, no, don't sit too close to the TV. You're go blind. And then now like, you know, fast forward 20 years, we have these, you know, VR headsets. We have it like right there on our eyes. <laughs> yeah, I still remember I used to get my butt kicked so many times. My parents would yank my hair, pull my ears. Mm-hmm. Like, get away from the TV. The Virtual Boy, that's what it was called. The virtual Boy. This is when Nintendo tried a long time ago, but this big ass thing, it will be like that trying just, to play a just video so- game. People out there listening, he's showing me actual picture of this thing. Go to our website, you'll definitely see what I'm showing you. Yes, I'll, I'll put the image up on there. But it's an old school virtual boy. It's pretty much a countertop virtual. That thing looks massive. Right? It was. That's why is it that didn't thing, sell good. Is that the mount to where you store it? Or is that mount that goes that, on like your shoulders? The, no, that's the mount you put on the table and then you can put your eyes in there. And like then you look lean around. against it? Yeah, you would have to. Or ah. you can pick it up. But it this was back so in the day. Yeah, that's why it didn't work. <laughs> and that was the controller you would have to hold on to. I just couldn't make it forward, like putting my eyes in. Black into. and red. Oh, that, was, that looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, this I'm is glad it didn't take off. And that's <laughs> how it looks now with the VR kit. Oh, wow. Okay, I see. And they're going to oh, have man. a Mario and a Nintendo. So I'll show you how the Virtual Boy used to look, and then you can see on the image of what the, the, the new Switch 
one what it's gonna look like. See, so now that you no, know, we're talking about you know spending money on and all the stuff like that. One thing, the reason I'm bringing it up because the other day I was cleaning out my storage room and I found some really old collector edition stuff from video games I used to buy. Oh, nice. And I wanted to, the, like I said, I, the one I I found was for for the GameCube. It was uh, the collector's edition Resident Evil. Mm. Yeah, Resident Evil Four. It was uh, it came with and obviously it was the game, and it came with the chainsaw in the shape of a control, the controller in shape of a game, the controller in the shape of a chainsaw from Resident Evil Four. And so you can either display it or you can actually even plug it in straight into the into the GameCube and use that as your controller. Playing Smash so, on that? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But <laughs> no, I I just left it in this box and you know I spent like two hundred dollars on that thing, and. You know, I don't display it. I don't use it. Nothing. It's just sitting there in my stores. So I want to ask both of you guys: Do you guys really think collector's edition now are actually a, um, worth the money? It just depends. Cause sometimes they have a crappy collector's edition where it's nothing, or sometimes they're really good. Cause my collector's edition, as you see over there, they're displayed when the Arkham games are coming out. Uh huh. Oh, I remember those. So for when Arkham Origins came out for the 360, they had a big ass display of Joker on the table and there's some TVs behind them and if I, I could plug it in but you light them up and every TV screen lights, lights up an up, image right? and it's an image of a different Batman villain you see in the game oh see that I didn't know that's pretty cool yeah and then you can take out the Joker head and then spoiler if you haven't played Arkham Origins you could put Black Mask's mask on there yeah cause he's yeah he so turns you put out Black he was mask. Black Mask yeah. yeah see and the reason why I say are they worth it because um no, luckily I didn't pay for it. My brother did. For my birthday, he gave me the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite Collector's Edition. Mm. You know, it came with the two statues. I'm yeah. sorry, four statues. Four, four statues and then a replica of the Infinity, Infinity Stones. Stones. Yeah. But these things look like Easter eggs. Like, not <laughs> movie Stones. eggs. No, like real, real Easter eggs. Like, oh my you would find on Easter. You know, they, they, you can't even take them out of the box. Really? Yeah, really. And, like, the thing is, when they were promoting it, like, the, the promotional picture... It looks completely different than what you actually got. The stones look different. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll I'll put it up on the site, but look, here's a, what the promotion was and what I got. It's wow. completely different. And you can't move them. No, you can't move them. They're like stuck on there. And like, yeah, <laughs> they light up. Eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, you you can turn them on, whatnot, and they glow like you know, like a fading glow and stuff yeah. like that. But. That's why I want to say, are they actually worthy? Because even the statues themselves, they, they look from a distance, they look nice. But if you actually look up close, yeah, speak, they're a little wonky, a little flimsy. Speaking of that, did you see what happened with Fallout? With the latest Fallout 76 game came out. I guess they promoted the mask. It was supposed to come in a really nice bag. Like uh -huh. one of those cloth canvas bags. Bag. Canvas, canvas bag. Canvas bag. Yeah. And then what they got was, was, vinyl. Like, was a vinyl flimsy bag. That's terrible, man. See that's what I mean. Are they actually worthy? Because well, they promote it in a, in one certain way, but they you get the actual products nothing like what you were expecting. Well, you just gotta read the fine print. And you gotta decide is it really worth it? And is it something that we really cherish? You don't just buy a collector's edition expecting. Oh yeah, I was gonna buy it just to buy it. Because you like when I bought those Arkham statues, I deep dove in what was gonna be in it, how tall they're gonna be, what lights up. That's the same thing with the with the Marvel's Capcom. Yeah, I do, I I wanted it. I ultimately decided not to get it because that was too much money. Yeah. But my brother bought it for me anyway as a birthday present. Yeah. But you know. Well, people got yeah. That's just because it, it, ah, it's fifty. Well, not fifty fifty. But it just depends on what they're giving you, and hopefully they honor whatever they're trying to advertise. Because um um, 
when Darksiders 3 came out, the recent one, yeah, they had a, a $600 collector's edition. Oh, that's a lot of that's money. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. And what it came in was just a statue of each of the four horsemen. And um, I forgot the other side character that's in the game. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's like, it's actually it's five statues. Woo! They're decent size. But even then, you know, um, these statues, you know, it wants you, because I got a chance to take a look at them. The detail is not that great. Really? Yeah, they're just like just look like generic statues of the characters. Mm. You know, I would I would expect like great detail. You know how so they are portrayed. Yeah. So they're just, but they're not. They're just selling off the idea that they're buying six statues for this price. Five statues. Five statues for this price. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of money. That's true. So like uh, recently, um, you know, for the upcoming Mortal Kombat 11, they're doing that uh, Scorpion's Mask Collectors. Yeah. Thing. And, you know, I was considering buying it, but. It does well, it's look like good. Three, four hundred dollars for the thing? What's the price on it? Uh, I'm actually looking that up right now. Uh, <laughs> more than two hundred for sure. I think it. I think it's closer to three hundred actually. I was considering, it, and the, the reason why I was considering it, they're promoting it as that you can actually wear this mask. Really? Yeah, it comes in a stand where you can display it, or you can actually, you know, you can put it on. So it's, it's a full one-to-one scale replica. Huh. Yeah, of Scorpion's mask, but is it actually worth it? Because what? You gotta think about it. how's the quality of it, the material. You know, is it just like a from the outside, like as a display, it looks cool, but you know, is it flimsy? Well, we can ask Brian what's the main reason why you're getting the mask. Well, for me, the collector and me, uh, it always depends on the uh, collector's editions of what I want, what comes within everything else like that. Yeah. But if it comes down to like, you know, one of my most favorite game series. Okay. Then, regardless, I have to go for the most expensive one. <laughs> you know, so I, I I fall victim to that every time. Oh, but yeah, man. the the mask it looks amazing. I don't even know if you could wear the mask. I think it's just like a standee for no, the mask. No, because when I went to go pre-order my Mortal, my co- copy of Mortal Kombat, the I was talking with one of the people at the GameStop with it. She said, "Yeah, you can wear the mask." She told me it's. She right. might be mixing it up for the uh, free mask you get. Uh, limited quantities because uh, uh, GameStop is doing a midnight launch the 22nd uh-huh. uh, of course it's 9 o'clock for us in the west coast but GameStop they, they is having that, right? limited yeah they still do that they're having limited quantities of Scorpion's mask like an actual wearable scarf one oh. and a Mortal Kombat lunchbox as well Ooh, I think I might just go to the launch just for yeah. that I would There's think I would just skip in the launch quanti- but yeah. that, that's included hey yeah limited quantities so we're not I'm not sure like how many you know games like first come first serve. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be come first come first serve because I know. Uh, and not all games are gonna get it. Yeah, okay. I I know when Injustice Two came out, they had the Injustice jerseys, but like I That's think. Right. But like only like three or four people got one, I think, because they didn't oh, wow. really have that many jerseys at all to pass out. So I have no idea how many masks they're gonna get. But the actual collector's editions uh, for Mortal Kombat with Scorpion's Mask, I think it might just be a stand. Yeah, because like it's a one-on-one scale, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, like a statue. Oh, okay. It's like a bust of it. Huh. See, but if you was getting just that for a bust... Why did but, I get my Batman statue? <laughs> but that's a big difference, though. Because it's a whole statue, detailed statue. Mine's detailed. This is just... <laughs> it looks like a mask, you know? I don't, I don't know, it's just my gripe against it, I guess, no. you know, because there's What's there's your so favorite much... game growing up? Like, what's your all-time favorite game right now? All-time? Yeah. All-time. Like, the game that you just love, no matter what. I really love the 
Castlevania, The Lords of Shadows. What if they made a bomb ass freaking Dracula statue? You can't do that to me. <laughs> what if they make a bomb ass statue of Dracula? It better be a really badass one. Yeah, or Richter you know? right there throwing his freaking. No, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. See, see, you'll buy that. Would I get it statue. though? That's the question. And also it depends on the price point. You know, that even as much as I love it, I. Oh, speaking of um, collector edition, where would you think of the Red Dead Redemption collector edition? It was I like didn't even know what it was. It was like a trunk full of all the stuff from the game, like a wanted poster, a compass, or something like that. Uh-huh. But it didn't include the game. What, what do you think? What do you think about collector editions that don't include they, the game? I, I'm Should, glad you brought that up because I remember when for the Spider-Man for the PS4 they did something like that. It was a I believe it was a Game <laughs> GameStop exclusive, where you can. Because they, they sold out everywhere. The yeah. actual collector's edition we came with a statue. So GameStop, they did like kind of sort of a, their own loot crate thing for it that you yeah. can buy separately. So I see what you mean. But I don't know. That, that'd be kind of... That seems like a money grab to me. Like, yeah. You know, you, you're not going to get the game, but you get all the stuff. They shouldn't call it like a collector's edition. They should name it like a... Like a... Companion box? Like a swag box or something. Yeah, there you go. They really should name it something else. They should definitely name it because you're selling off the idea like, oh, if I buy this, the game's going to be in there and I get all this cool stuff with it. But yeah, no, if people buy it, they're like, where the hell is the game? Yeah. Should, like you said, they definitely should rename it. Bioware and uh, EA did the same thing with Mass Effect Andromeda. It was like $300. It was like the uh, Andromeda Collector's Edition of the game. Yeah. And basically uh, came with a fully like... RC car of the uh, man, it's the oh the car you drive in the game, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Not, not, the, not the Mako. Uh, I didn't play Andromeda often enough to remember the name of the car because <laughs> the Mass Effect one was the Mako. Fan you are, that yeah. As much of a Mass Effect fan I am, like a lot that of stuff in Andromeda. That makes sense because that's, that's the whole drama going on with uh, it. But yeah, it, it comes with the actual car, like an RC car of it that you control on your phone. It has a camera and lights on it. It's actually pretty badass. And uh, a steel book for the game. Mm-hmm. In parentheses, game not included. <laughs> but I still was a you sucker can, for you it. You can get a book for it, but just, yeah. you gotta put your own game so in there. That's so weird. But yeah, yeah I, I, I was still a sucker for it and still bought oh, you it. Bought. Yeah. <laughs> Nomad. It's called, they I called mean. it Nomad, I think. Like, that should That's be totally separate, or at yeah. least the game included. Either have the steel book and have a digital copy of the game inside, at least. So we're on opposite sides of the board on this question. You guys think it is, they are worth it. The collector's depends. Editions. It depends. Yeah, it depends. is very it depends. depends. Like if it's a Halo game. In general, what do you guys yeah. think? Like like, like that Darksiders three one. In general, um, they just need to include the game. <laughs> yeah, they need to include the game. Because for if, sure. the, if the collector edition sucks, you don't like how the statue looks. At least you have you the game. At least you still have the game. I mean, that's what you wanted. That's I'm, what I'm, we're getting there for. Well, when I look back at all the previous collector's editions of games I have bought, I still look at Halo three. The legendary edition of the game, because to ah, this day it's helmet. still that helmet is still the greatest collector's item that, ever conceived. See, that's a really cool. That would be a for fan for. I, I was a fan of the first three Halos. Oh my god! Only those three. I anything that work. came out, anything that came after that, uh, I didn't buy. I didn't get it. But the first mm-hmm. three Halos, Halo One, Two, and Halo Three. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that helmet, I was like, I want to get it just for the helmet. Oh. I don't care about the game. I just want to get it for the helmet because, like you just said, Brian. That is one of the greatest collector collector the items you can and have ever conceived. Yeah, that's great. I actually said that on the box too. And I just remember right now, probably the most expensive collector's edition that I've ever seen uh, was for Darksiders Two, and that was uh, a replica, a one-to-one size replica of Death's Reaper. 
the, I'm sorry, oh, his, his, uh, yes, his size. That thing weighed 50 pounds. It was like in a big giant box. And yeah, it was freaking, it was like seven, eight hundred dollars something like that. And I saw the unboxing for it. Like, it was massive. This thing was huge. And like, uh, the guys that were unboxing it, when I saw the unboxing video for it, it had, it took both of them to lift it up because it was just, oh, it's man. 50 pounds. That's why I was like, you know, a co- like who would really buy a collector's edition like that? You know, you have to be mm-hmm. a huge, huge fan of this franchise to like drop, just drop down $900. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot of money. That's why for me, I will, I would say s- collector's edition are cool and all, but and are they really worth it? Because just like in my experience, you know, I was super excited when I bought the Resident Evil collector's edition. But now I was just sitting collecting dust in my storage. You know, ultimately, I feel like in the end, that's how all anything, unless it's really, really worth it, they're all just going to end up that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about, I'm running through my head right now throughout all the years, dating as far back to uh, 2004 when Halo 2's limited edition came out. That's the, the original, like, steel book. Like, that, to me, that was the coolest thing ever. I still have it on my shelf, and I still love seeing it sitting on my shelf. It stands out. As I'm thinking about all my other collector's items, I think I have every single collectible edition of a game I ever bought yeah. on display still. Wow. Like on my desk, like the I, I, I think the one I cared about the least was probably the statues from Halo Reach. But I oh, still okay. have that front and center on my desk. Mm. How big are those statues? I never saw those. Um they're like action figure size. Okay. Yeah, so not too big. So uh they're like it has all of uh, Noble Six together. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, classic Halo action figure size, if anyone remembers what the old school Halo action figures look like. But they're all stationary and, like, on a little, like, mountain-type thing. And all together, I'd say it's probably about a little bit bigger than the helmet from Halo 3. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so well, that's a pretty good size. So it's a pretty good size. How much were those when you paid for them at the time? Not nearly as expensive as many of the collector's editions now. <laughs> That's true. If that they have gone up. If, if, if they re-released it today, it'd probably be over two hundred. I think it was probably like a hundred fifty, maybe originally, mm-hmm. or or cheaper than that. Definitely not two hundred. I've only like besides the Resident Evil, as far as collector's edition that I've wanted, and uh, the and because I'm very picky as far as collector. That's why I say some of them are not worth it. That's why I think. But the ones that have been worth it to me is because the what came with it were actually functional items. Like the God of War, for the new God of War that came out, it came with like an actual statue. It was like, it was very, very good. Very, very, the detail on it was very great. On it for the statue, and it came with a statue. It came with a replica map of the entire game. Um, it came with a, a replica of uh, Kratos' ring. Um, what else did it come with? Uh some in-game codes for some exclusive items and uh, these little like mini figures that are replicas of also things in the game. So for me, I thought that was cool because the, the map itself actually is it's, it's not a regular map. It's actually cloth. It's like Ooh, it's printed on actual cloth. That, yeah. yeah, so that was pretty cool to me, you know. <clears throat> and I can like display that or like roll it up. It's, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And the other, I spent like it was, uh, at least 250 for that one. And I thought it was cool because yeah. you know everything in it, and then also with the steel book of the, of the game. I, I like steel books because they, for the ma- majority they have exclusive artwork on it. 
Yeah. Which I, I love about soup. And they always make them like, really big and thick. And they yeah. Really yeah. And they feel and nice. It's really nice when you open it. Like, it actually makes like a full picture. Yeah. On both sides. Yeah. This is why I like steelbooks in that sense. They should sell steelbooks, you know, like steelbook editions of games. Halo did that with the they had uh, when Halo Four came out they had a, the the collector's edition with, with a big ass box and okay. the legendary edition was just a steelbook. Oh, that steelbook was probably one of the worst steelbooks I've ever seen. Because <laughs> all they had was like a pack of cards in there. Of it, it had like game. a pack of cards and the actual steel didn't feel like steel. It, it felt, felt like hard plastic. A metally. Chromium or or, or yeah yeah like a chromy type plastic yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh and the other collector's edition that I I saw was worth it for me because it was I don't know if you guys ever know and I'm a huge fan I think I've, I've told both of you guys I'm a huge fan of the Ghost Recon Wildlands. Oh. You know it came out it, yeah. it was a great game everything about it to me is great the story the gameplay everything so they released two special editions I bought the most expensive one which was three hundred and something. Almost 400. It came with a, it was a, because the game, you know, it's about the Ghost Recon soldiers are stopping a cartel. So they had a replica of one of the, a skull. Oh, they had a skull. It's like a skull. It's like a black one. Yeah. Kind of like a dead dead sort of paint on it. And it had, and it came with a replica headset of what the characters use, like the communication. And you can use that as an actual headset for your game when you're playing with it, ah, so, which is so cool. Dope. And then you can, once you're done with it, you can just put it back on the skull as a like a like a storage piece, and it can actually be a, as a display. So I thought that was that was pretty cool, you know, just freaking uh, the Ghost Recon headset. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty tight. <coughs> so one story for me was when I bought my Arkham Knight statue, collector's edition. Originally, they were the Arkham Knight. That's the last one, right? The latest one, yes. Okay. Um, originally, it was going to be two of them. One with the regular statue and one with the Batmobile that you use in the game. Because that's what they really wanted to push because they were including the Batmobile for the first time. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a big See, old replica model. that's a collector's that a lot of people who bought it say was garbage. It was the Batmobile. No, it's not that they... It was never released. But um, they said that they saw the finished models that they were about to ship out. And the yeah. studio canceled it because they, they didn't like how it came out. Does the studio canceled it before they, the game came out. They were like, we don't like how it came out. It's too late to send them back and redo it. So we're going to do something else. So they scrapped the idea and returned and everybody's money. That. They should have released that one. That would have been much better than the statue. Uh, but the statue I got, it's nice. But it's just like a Batman standing over the city. And it does light up. And it has a light that like, shines up. So it's like him in the city. But like that bat, that Batmobile would have been great. That would have been so a that perfect hurt. display. It would have been way better for my display. But as a collector, that kind of hurt because my heart. Because the Batmobile... Because I was actually considering buying Batmobile. Because yeah, it actually and, lit up. And, and was, I think it was going to change. It was going to have the option where if you push the button or something, it would change. Like the little tail, the turret would come out. Yeah. It did exactly. that, right? It yeah, was yeah, gonna yeah. Do that. With the whole tank mode. Mm-hmm. It will yes. switch into tank mode by itself. Exactly. And then you can switch it back. So uh, they had good. to cancel that because like, for some reason, some technical problems came up. So ultimately, so I guess we can conclude that. It just depends. It depends. And on hopefully they stick to what they advertise because sometimes these advertisers... That's why I, after the whole Marvel's Capcom Infinite, when I saw that, I was like, man. And it was like $400 for that thing. Yeah. And my, I said my brother bought it for me for my birthday, but he told me he was like paying a little bit off and off. Yeah. Because you know, we were expecting all this awesomeness, you know, detail and all that stuff, and it, it just, it wasn't. And then... um. Thinking of collector's edition, do you think now that they're just including steelbooks without the game, like how we're saying now, the, how gaming industry wants to go into streaming only, do these collector's editions still happen? So are they just going to be swag boxes from now on instead of collector's editions? See, that would be a big disappointment because, you know, who, 
would you, Brian, would you want a swag box? So, like, hey, the uh, next Mortal Kombat game no is man. out. We're not going to release it on discs, but it's going to be available to download anywhere you go. So, GameStop's going to have an exclusive Mortal Kombat swag box. I'd probably still pick up the swag box if we're talking Mortal Kombat. Because, yeah, I mean, see? it's, so it's it Mortal Kombat. So, it depends on the game. But I'd still prefer having that physical copy. Yeah. So, like, if, that, if, that's what kind of, like, ties the whole thing together. Like, why release all the stuff for it and not the game? Yeah, so like for example, if they decided to so give you a code and download the game in the box, I'm not gonna say it. This is a terrible idea. This just went through my head. What? So okay, I'm I'm gonna say it. But like, <laughs> if, if, if they decided to say like, hey, the Mortal Kombat Collector's Edition only comes with a digital code, but the standard physical one is just by itself. Comes with the disc. They might get me twice with that. I might end up buying the collector's edition <laughs> with the digital code and, and, the and then buying the physical game. Oh, the this is why I don't want to say the that. The collector's edition only has a code, huh? Yeah. It's yeah, only a digital code get, and collectors. That's the way they make more money that's for them. That's how they get you. Like, you want a disc? Buy the disc. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta pre-order the disc. Maybe it could be just like how they do collector's editions. You can only get collector's edition if you pre-order it. Just the same way they, they make them to order. Like, you have a certain yeah. time limit to order them. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they, if they're going to go with the route of streaming. They should do they that, should, right? They, to order? Yeah, they give you the option. Do you want the physical copy? You pre-order it, and you have a certain time limit. Like, from this date to this date, if you want the physical copy, like bring you have to pre-order back. it. You have to pre-order it. If not, you won't, you're going to be Because nowadays, pre-ordering yeah. is a waste of time and money. Yeah, because then something you don't even pick it up, and then it's just wasting money on spending yeah. it there. And the gimmicks to try to get you to pre-order are not great. That's what happened to me. Uh, I, I've had a bunch of pre-orders that I never picked up. And one day I went, I was going to pick some stuff up uh, at GameStop, and they looked at my account. They're like, oh, by the way, you still have money on here from previous pre-orders. I was like, really? Like, you were yeah. able to take them out? Huh? Yeah, the guy said that, yeah, I was able to. So I was like, oh, sweet, all right. And uh, I think it was like 20-something bucks worth of money of pre-orders that I didn't ever pick up. <laughs> so you just got 20 bucks and put yeah, it on like, whatever oh, here, money. we'll put you in, in your store credit and then you just can go ahead and <laughs> That's great. I, I, just, I just put it towards another game. <laughs> another pre-order. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which I don't yeah. think I picked up either. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I want to talk about, since you know, this is a video game thing. All right. I want us to go through, name our our, our top three games from our childhood of our childhood top three games now as adults and then we, i want to just cr- briefly give our top three list of upcoming games we are so okay, excited to look okay, forward to okay so i want to start off with my top three childhood games All right. these games are near and dear to my heart i played them as a child i still love them today because they were so good back then i still enjoy them now my on my number three is mortal kombat the very first one because Woo! that that was like the, how can I say my uh, my introduction to this franchise, which now is like has come such a long way, you know. And every I'm not gonna say every time the new one comes out, it gets better and better because there has been some drawbacks mm-hmm. in some of the newer ones. Some mechanic but, changes. And but it's still it's it's a game it's a franchise that has been cons- consistent. And it's always a joy to play. And then the first one... It's always a spectacle when they announce it. When yeah. we see those fatalities, everyone's yeah. like, oh my that, god! Like, that's the thing, you know, the fatalities, the blood, the violence. And every time you play, we kind of feel like, somewhat, like, hey, we're playing this game and we don't give a crap what people think. Yeah. And then like, when we were younger, I'm so like, don't tell my parents and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so there was so much, like, stigma against these games. Because, oh my god, they're killing themselves. Right. You know, what is it going to do to your child's brain? <laughs> it so, created the ESRB, too. 
Was it because yeah. of Mortal Kombat? Yeah, SRB really? was created because of the first Mortal Kombat. Oh, I did not know that. That's yeah. a good fun fact. Because Radiant didn't exist on games so until that game came out. They're like, did he just rip his head off? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because they went there. They were the first ones to bring all that bloodiness in. Like, made games uppercut, real. You see blood flying out. That, that was their goal, was to push the envelope, see how far they could take it. And they took it all the way, because that changed everything. And they have pushed it so far, especially with this new one coming out. Oh, mm-hmm. my oh, God. Man. It's, it's like, like worlds apart. You compare the graphics and the violence in the first one to this new one. To this new yeah. one. It's like... Oh, even, from the, even the last one, which was uh, Modern Combat 10, it felt like graphics took a huge jump from that, even mm-hmm. though yeah. it didn't come out that long ago. Ooh, I mean, man. Baraka's Fatality this new one for example I'm just oh like the first God. time I saw it, I'm like Baraka just stop Chill. Scorpion's Chill. dead already Chill. like so yeah that was my number three my number two is Vector Man on the Sega Genesis mm. you know this game is fun it is the story is great the, it's it's a it's fun and funny you know the character itself you know I don't know if you guys ever played Vector Man um, it's uh the controls were so simple and you know easy to to, to get used to and it was just fun. It was just like going level to level, just blasting bugs stuff. It was just fun. This is that's the game I can Vector Man one and two. Is just I can never you know mm-hmm. stop playing them. And the soundtrack to both was kind of like at the time was like techno-y and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, and it's still I listen to the soundtrack now. Every now I just feel like that kind of beat I want to listen to in my car. Yeah, I still the soundtrack to Vector Man. It's really good. It's a really good game. And then my number one of childhood games. I spent hours, days. So much time on this game, and when I pop it in now, I still the same joy, the same uh, experience I had before. I still, which is Super Mario Brothers on the Super Nintendo. Nice, you know, dee, 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 dee. you know the that theme old song theme. As as it starts and jumping on Yoshi. Yes, it's just fun, exciting, and I just can't stop playing it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Brian? What's your t- top three? Favorite childhood game. So this was actually really difficult to uh, come across. So like, I don't think I made my top three based off you know what I loved the most as a child. I think I made my top three based off of uh, you know like it holds a special place in my heart combined with the actual gameplay mechanics. Okay. And how long it stuck with me and left the mark of my life. So the number three spot, surprisingly, is Mortal Kombat trilogy. Oh, so that's Mortal Kombat the third trilogy, one, right? yeah, uh, it, it was yeah, it was technically the third one. It ran off Mortal Kombat 3's engine, okay, mm-hmm. but it had everyone combined into the same game. Okay, um, mainly I never because I played that in an arcade. Yeah, I yeah, mainly because yeah, it had everyone in it. Every yeah. single thing from all the Mortal Kombat games were in this game. Uh, plus a little bit more. It was the first game that had Ermac in it. First game. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Never mind. Ermac was in Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Ultimate. Yeah, but this was the first one that had Rain in it. And mm-hmm. you know, Eddie, you know me very well. Rain is one of my all time favorite characters of all time. <laughs> you know, um, I have. Thanks to you, I know. I don't know if you knew this. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I found this out through him, through Brian. Rain was inspired by the artist Prince. Like, really? Yeah, oh, because yeah. he's purple. Purple. Oh, my God. Ed Boon was just <laughs> driving to the studio one day and. Uh, he loves listening to Prince and Purple Rain was playing and Ed Boon's like, you know, purple's one of the colors we haven't used for a ninja yet. So then he character. created character Boom. Rain. Rain was born. Yeah. Okay. Rain was born from that. And I have literally like my favorite color is purple. I have I have an obsession with lightning. I love rainy weather. So that character alone phone. I've seen it. Said he wouldn't share that. <laughs> so anyways. Uh, yeah. Right, uh, and then um <laughs> Second, second one. It's uh, Final Fantasy VII, uh, first oh, Final Fantasy game, first okay. first RPG I played. One. Oh yeah, that game. That definitely left a special pl- or uh, my heart holds a special place for that game. You're mm-hmm. looking forward to the remake. Yeah, looking forward to the remake for that one. Um, if they release it. 
Yeah, I replayed that game so many times. So, so many times. Not nearly as much as I replayed my first pick, though, Shenmue. On Shenmue. the Sega That's Dreamcast, a deep cut yeah, right there, man. yeah, that, that one, that that one paved the way for so many games today. Like I think it was like the first game with the weather physics in it. First game with an actual, and all that stuff, uh, right? no, not not the first with side quests, but it, I know it was like the first with a day night cycle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, choosing like your own dialogue that will affect. You know, how long stuff was that, that game? It? First it came game out in 2000. No, no, oh, oh, oh like, that long? Yeah. I think it was like probably 30 to 60 hours somewhere. That's a lot. For like, a you, you, game you could that, storm, that much? Yeah, you could storm through it pretty fast with just the main quest. But, like, along with all the side quests and like all the other stuff you do in the game, just it was a vast games open game. Games get me like that. When I play games, it was a huge like, open world game yeah, that was a huge kind of ahead of its game. time. Yeah. It was way, way ahead of its time. And they made a second one, right? Yeah, they made a second one. Not as good, but that one was still pretty good on the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the soundtrack to that game was amazing as well. Wow. Like, um, you know, like, years, years, years later, I'd go on YouTube when YouTube was brand new, and I would listen to, like, the soundtrack, and I'm just, like, kind of tearing up. I'm like, I'm afraid to go back and play this game. Like, I might drown (laughs) in my own tears here. So I bet you're excited for the third one coming out, huh? super excited for the third one. Speaking of which, E3 2015, when they announced the Final Fantasy VII remake... And then the very next thing was Shenmue 3. I'm like, this can't be real. Like, this is a dream. <laughs> what year is this? Yeah, what Twilight Zone did I just step right into? Here. No. But yeah, those are uh, my three top childhood games. How about you? For Major? me, it has to be Mario. For my top three, my number three is Mario on the 64. The, that was oh, like, the Super Mario 64? Super Mario 64. Oh, that was just the jumping first. Jumping into the pictures. Yeah, and, that yeah. was just like, jumping into the pictures was crazy. It's a great game. Yeah, yeah it's just the mechanics and the whole open world running around as Mario was just great. And I remember my favorite mission of all time, and they always still do this once in a while, was when you race that Koopa Troopa from the top of the mountain to the bottom. I remember racing a penguin. You race the penguin too in the in the in the snowy place, but racing that Koopa and just running around, running down, <laughs> and then me just jumping off I the do. mountain like screw that. this, I know, like I know the shortcut, like that is always fun. My second one was Super Smash Brothers, 64? and still, yeah, mm-hmm. every time when Smash Brothers would come out, it was always a huge event because they would just drop characters slowly, and then you're like, oh, this character's coming now. Same thing with the latest Smash Brothers, they're just dropping slow characters, building you up for when the game. That's the released. only reason I want to buy the new Switch. Or the Switch because of the new Smash Bros. Yes, and they're gonna have the little D- and they're gonna have there? like a couple more fighters for the DLC. Ooh! So they're just gonna exciting. be teasing it, different games coming out. So it just makes a huge event, and huge, so much fun, waiting to hear about these next characters that are gonna come out. And it's the mechanics. This fighting game is still going. Like a lot of yeah. fighting games coming. Like even PlayStation tried to do it with like PlayStation All Stars. Yeah. They couldn't mimic. It was a fun game. Yeah, but they I'll couldn't it, capture but... what Nintendo yeah, has. Yeah, of course, no. And then my number one is my all-time favorite game is when I first got my first Xbox, my old brick, the original Xbox. The first game I got was Halo. Oh, the first Halo. The yeah. first Halo. Oh, my God. I played the shit out of it. I never played online because I never had online. Mm-hmm. So the first Halo, I never had to play online. So Xbox every time, was so expensive. Back it then, was back then. But back then, I would, just, I would too. play it over and over again. I would just be running around, making my own little storylines. Like, oh, I'm this kind of soldier doing this. And I would just run around making my own thing going in that game that's why i love that game so much because that world is so huge and the whole story was like cortana and chief going through all that it was just a really great ride Ooh, that's yeah. why i love halo it's just that's like that world list. is just huge and then cortana's story is just what drives you keeps me keeps you going forward halo one was my fourth spot right there just yeah. barely made the cut and it's that world you go into like there's so much you can do there and i just remember running around just 
doing my own thing and forge you can make your own maps i remember making my own maps making my own scenarios in there just running around doing my thing that's, i never i never did the forge oh. i love forge that you just like do what you want in the halo universe nice. make your own map make your own thing and i would always make my own little missions so now i want to jump in on our next list which is our Top three games to play now, as now that we're in your adults, current consoles, in your current, current console like the Xbox you know, One, right now, PlayStation Four, yes, the Nintendo Switch. That you know, so for me, uh, just in case you try to listen to this in the future, and like <laughs> Xbox One, <laughs> <laughs> for They're me, not ready. <laughs> I was I was so glad that they they released it as a digital for the Xbox One, and that's Resident Evil Four. I can yes. play that one over and over the story. And, you know, the characters. And it was like a huge jump from the the previous mechanics to all of the Resident Evil. This is like a whole brand new gameplay style, a whole brand new story. You know, and the fact that they brought Leon back, you know. Leon is such an iconic character from the Resident Evil 2, and which is one of the best, you know. Mm-hmm. Re- res- in, the, in the Resident Evil franchise, Resident Evil 2 is one of the, you know, top two, top three games in the franchise. So when they reintroduced him in Resident Evil 4... I remember when I first played, I was like, let me check this game out. And then as I kept on playing, I was like, man, this is good. And now the replay value for me, it's really high. You know, I can play it over and over. Yeah. You know, get all the secrets, get all the missions. And every time you beat it, you get to unlock a new weapon or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I love beating it when you get like those infinite ammo weapons. Now it's just like beating it yeah. over and just, it's just fun. Now the first time the mechanics change, right? Yeah. Because now the camera is like behind the character. Over the shoulder. Over the, yeah, shoulder. Over the shoulder. It's not that whole weird... Angle. Just in the corner, yeah, yeah, watching yeah. you. And so that was my number three. My number two. Uh, I don't know about you guys how I feel about shooters, but the first Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one, is just was it the big red one? Or was the second one? No, the second one. No, the first Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare. It was Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare. Okay, I think it's the very first Call of Duty. No, no, no. The Call of Duty. The Modern first Warfare. Modern Warfare. There you go. First Modern Warfare. Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah. That Call of Duty. Oh. Modern Warfare. That was the first that time one. they brought it to like the almost real world, right? Yeah. Yeah. That one. It was just so game changing because all the Call of Duty games previous to that always focused on like old World time War wars, World, War World War II, Vietnam War. I think know. right before that we were playing World at War, right? Yeah. That was so, the latest one. You know, no World at War came after. World War, yeah, it came out after. Yeah, World. World at War was Call of Duty Five, so it was Call of Duty Three. Yeah, Call of Duty 3, I believe, was World I War 1. It was World War 2 still. Was it? Yeah. Because hmm. they, re- no, they just released the World War 2. Because I remember um, Call of Duty 3, the, the cover art really stuck with me because it looked like it was Tom Cruise charging Normandy. That's right! That's oh, right. Yeah. It was just the face. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, yes. But yeah, the first Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. That one is my number two because, mm-hmm. you know, when you pop in the game, you're like, it's like, you know something you've never played before and just the story to that one to me the story to this one was just so so good you can like make that into a live action it would be a great live action movie and it's just like I actually get attached to some of the characters in yeah. the game Yeah. and just the mechanics of it the 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 new weapons just everything about it to me was really great so I, that one I can just replay over and over mm-hmm. it's a great game and my number one is like I mentioned when we were talking about the collector edition is the Castlevania Lords of Shadow part one and part two. Mm. It's uh, I've always been a, uh, <clears throat> a huge fan of the Castlevania games, and even bigger fan of the Dracula lore. You know yeah. the movies, anything that has to do with Dracula. You know, and so when this game came out, 
you know, it was, oh, it's like they rebooted the entire series. And, you know, one thing that's always been consistent in all the Castlevania games is that you're always fighting Dracula. Dracula's always the villain. Mm -hmm. So in this one, you know, as I'm playing the game, we're like, where the hell is Dracula? When Dracula come out? Then at the very end, spoiler alert for those who haven't played it, at the very end you find out you are Dracula. You're playing Dracula. You're like, that's a pretty awesome twist that I did not see that coming at all. And so then once in part two, you finally you get to play as a full-powered, you know, full-on Dracula. It makes the game, you know, the first one was so much fun. The second one was just over the top. It's, that's to me, those are my current games that I can just play over and over and so over. So where'd you get that? Castlevania remake with the, the, the Dracula statue? <laughs> <laughs> I'll still think about it. $300? It better be a badass statue. Digital. Digital. Physical copy. Physical copy. <laughs> How about you? What's your current one? Yeah, so for me, current ones. Uh, number three on the list. Gotta go with the Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, really? The Resident Evil 2 right? remake. Yeah, that one blew oh, me away. The it was were impressive. insane in that Gra- one. Graphics were insane. The, the lighting was phenomenal yeah. in that game. I haven't picked um, it up, honestly, because I don't want to deal with those fucking liquors. Oh, <laughs> I remember the first time, I, I'm, I'm going to take my time and try to get back into that. But you right now? Liquors are the least of your worries in that game. Oh, thank God, but... Tyrant, uh, Tyrant's, right? He's the Mr. X. Main, oh, man. Main antagonist, right? Yeah. Okay. Mr. X just... So, like, when you're playing in it, there's certain, like, small rooms he can't really go into, so you kind of hide in there. And he also, as you're walking around, you want to pay attention to his footsteps. I kid you not, I feel safer when I hear his footsteps than I do if I don't hear his footsteps. Because I don't know if I'm going to turn a corner and suddenly run into him. Because if I'm hearing his footsteps, I'm going to know, hey, he's somewhere down that hallway. I'm going to run this direction. Mm -hmm. If I don't hear his footsteps, I had moments where I'd run through a door and suddenly he'd be right there, like in my face. And I'm just like, yep, I'm... Nope, nope. I turn around, I'm okay, I, I run. Alright, I'm dead. Yeah, I, you know, I'm dead. And the zombies are so resilient in that game. Like, zombies are legit terrifying again. Really? Like, you know, like, the whole, like, hey, if you want to kill a zombie, shoot in, a head, in its head, it goes down. Not the case. You shoot in its head, it's still walking forward at you. Wow. Like, you can waste a whole clip into a zombie, and sometimes that zombie will still be coming at you. So the moment there's, like, two or three zombies... Book it out of that room. You don't want to deal with it's them not, at all. You can't take them on. Like you, you can't just like. No, you can't them. take them on. And you can't resin evil five. Heard. Them. Yeah, you can't. You can't resin evil five of them at all. <laughs> and I heard in this one that you got to be conservative with your ammo, right? Very conservative. Because there's with your ammo. You, it's not like where you can go into any room and just find extra ammo laying around. It's mm. very conservative. You got to be wise. With yeah, it. you got to be wise with it. You get gunpowder, so sometimes you have to like. You know, not worry about using your gunpowder. You leave your gunpowder in your inventory until you need that ammo. Then you make that gunpowder. Oh. And there's different gunpowder types, too. So you don't want to waste all your gunpowder on pistol ammo when you could have just combined two different types of gunpowder for, like, oh. you know, for your grenade launcher for an upcoming boss fight or something. Oh. You think they're making a Resident Evil 8 next? I think they might be. I think I think they might be. What I, I, I'm hoping. Go, though? Well, I'm they, hoping after they, Resident Evil Seven, they went back to its horror roots, right? Yeah, they went back to its horror roots, and they're doing a great job. With the I horror think they're going to continue right with that because I know they're dead center, not going to go back to Resident Evil Six. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 also, you know, the Resident Evil Two remake. That's it. the one with uh, Wesker's son, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with Resident Evil Six. Yeah. I never. I only. I never beat any of the sort. I never started it, but I never finished it. It's no. much better as a co-op game. I only. Yeah, yeah I only played it as co-op because me and my wife, we love. Resident Evil Five, we we play that. Me and her. I know Resident Evil Five was a really the good co-op game. It was, it was so much fun. It, it might be it's the best fun. co-op game in my opinion. My Resident wife Five. loves zombies, so like when she found out that we can do co-op on Resident Evil Five, yeah, that sold us, and we like we've been that together on on hard, on super hard. 
all levels you can yeah. think of. She hates it because I get the infinite rocket launcher, so I'm just blasting everything. <laughs> She's like, stop, I gotta shoot something too. And then we, we, that's the only reason we play Resident Evil 6. I heard all the negative reviews about it, but we only play Resident Evil 6 just because the co-op. The mm-hmm. co-op. The co-op and it's the and, three and different storylines. And the co-op lines. in Resident Evil 6 was pretty darn good in my opinion. It was, it's yeah, not it's as bad good. as people say it was. It was more of an action game, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like Hollywood took over. It was well, I mean, okay. that, you know, it's enjoyable. To be expected with the sixth game, you know, when you look at the first game, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're pitted in this room with, you know, this mansion with zombies, you know, you don't know what zombies are, like, what's yeah. going on here? And then the second game, you're like, okay, well, I'm done with them in the city. Oh, crap, now they're out in the city. <laughs> Third right? game, you're, you know, still in the city, you're like, oh, my God. You know, the fourth time, you're, like, kind of starting to get used to it. So after it happens four times, what are you going to do? You're going to hit the gym pump some iron and now you're in the fifth game all like buffed out like Chris Redfield punching boulders so by the time it's you know you're going through it the sixth time you're just like okay like I've been through this already I know what to do like boom 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 you know it's Michael Bay now Michael Bay now yeah I'm just glad that the route they're taking now they're going back to the horror roots yeah okay and then um yeah my and then uh second game uh Mortal Kombat 9 Ooh. Of course, it is technically the nine. remaster of Mortal Kombat Trilogy, if you want to think about it that way, because it's sort of like a reboot of, you know, the first three Mortal Kombat that, games, a retelling of the first three Mortal Kombat games. And this Mortal Kombat, Kombat 9, that was the first one after Deception, right? Uh, uh, after, no, 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 it was after uh, Mortal Kombat vs. DC. So, that one doesn't uh, count. Yeah, so it, uh, it, after Deception was Armageddon. Uh, that's when they had like all the characters that's back what I meant. again, after, and that's I'm what sorry. they. Yeah. That's what I meant after Armageddon. Yeah, it was, it was it was Deadly Alliance, Deception, Deception Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, so that's then, what I meant. This and is World Combat Nine after Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, Shao and, Kahn was a bitch. <laughs> oh man, I played this game so much. I learned Shao Kahn. I made Shao Kahn my bitch instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember. I saw your you saw my, my you he, saw that he, video, right? Because Rain was in it. He did a uh, what was it on super hard level? On expert, the hardest. On expert level. And he did a, a flawless victory against Shao Kahn. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was the Challenge Tower 300. Oh where you have to fight. Um, you have to fight Goro, then right after Goro, it's Kentaro, and then Melina, and then Shao Kahn. Yeah, that was the last game. He, he didn't, he didn't get hit. Too, right? yeah. He didn't get hit once. And, and I told myself, I'm like, with Rain, I have to beat this this Challenge Tower 300 without getting hit once, get a flawless victory. Because Ed Boone, back when the game first came out, he said, I really want to see if someone can flawless victory this uh, tower. And he did. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, I have to do that with Rain. You're going to start watching your streams, man. And then, um, yeah, Mortal Kombat 9, that one, like, it had a a special magic to it, that Mortal Kombat game. Sort of like the original Star Wars trilogy had a special magic to it. Or like the very first Halo game had a special magic to it. It was a great refresher for the franchise. Yeah, 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 that too. It it was a great refresher. It it, it was new graphics, but with that magic from the beginning. Yeah, new new graphics, magic from the beginning. And not only that, but Mortal Kombat was making a huge comeback at that time. A lot of like, a lot of artists were making songs with Mortal Kombat and they got (laughs) assets from the game to make music videos for it. And every time they do Um, a trailer drop down. Mortal Kombat Rebirth just happened with Kevin Tancherone. Yeah. The, oh, that eight minute short that, that kickstarted Mortal Kombat Legacy. That was so really like, cool. So so I, I think what was special about that was when you look back in like the nineties for Mortal Kombat, like there was so much like oh, uh, media stuff <laughs> yeah. uh, with Mortal Kombat at that time and that's what made Mortal Kombat special because you'd hear the theme song, you'd look at you know, it had its own T V show, cartoon, movie, everything going on for it. So when Mortal Kombat 9 came out, not only did it get new life breathed back into the Mortal Kombat series, but a lot of stuff in media was Mortal Kombat again. You had the web series uh, starting up with Legacy when web series were starting to become a huge thing on the internet at that time. 
as well as a lot of artists using music again. Yeah, that's nice. true. And then uh, yeah. my yeah, that one was a good game. Mortal Kombat yeah. Nine. Yeah, I love, love. Uh, it was fun. I spent a lot of hours on that one. I just hated Shao Kahn. It yeah. was so freaking hard. And then uh, my top one is uh, Mass Effect 2. That game, I kind of view it as like the Empire Strikes Back of all video Ooh. games. It is that good, probably huh? the best game I've played. Because it's open world RPG, and pretty much everything that you do in that game stems down to what's happening at the the end of the game because okay. at the very start you're told hey commander shepherd like we need you on the suicide mission build a team and then the rest of the game is you building that team building those um, character relationships you have with the rest of your squad mates as you're recruiting them doing their loyalty missions and everything that you do in that game is going to affect that suicide mission so you know from the start hey you're going down to this road and everything you do is going to affect how the end of that road happens Oh, and it man. created one epic experience once you finally oh, got okay. and started that suicide mission. Yeah, I couldn't get past half of Mass Effect 1. So, Because he would be telling me, you got a plan, they're so yeah. good, you got a plan, they're so good. Uh, Alright, I'll give it a shot, I'll give it a shot. Mass and I, and I actually good. bought, I bought him pre-owned, part 1, part 2, and part 3. It took me about an hour just to create my character. I didn't, not, I've never played a game that where you create a character that has so many options. Really? I was like, oh my god. I thought I was so done, that. but then, okay, next category, now you got a, the ear shape. Okay, now the eye shape. Oh, okay. And it took me an hour, just an hour, just to create my character. Oh, God. But, no, I only got about halfway through that, but I might have to pick it up again, if, you know. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 was definitely, a, it, that thing was an experience, the way it uh, just played through. Uh, the soundtrack is probably the best soundtrack that I've heard in a game to this day as well. Really? Like, I could listen to like the main theme and is it like epic very epic oh. like i get goosebumps just hearing like like the little uh like like the slow intro to the main theme Ooh. i get goosebumps just hearing See, as far as epic soundtrack goes i've never played the game but skyrim's soundtrack the the elder scrolls skyrim, skyrim is has, an man, epic has soundtrack. a really nice soundtrack mm-hmm. how about you Adrian? what are your top three current games like that you play now right adult? now it's gonna be uh the, my number three right now is tomb raider the Tomb Raider the games, one? the newer one, oh, are okay. really great. They they change the mechanics big time from the OG Tomb Raider oh, yeah. games, and so like they're more like for me since I never had a PlayStation, I never could get into like, um, what's the Uncharted? Uncharted. I Man. couldn't get The you, Last of Us. You never played those. I never played Man, those. those. So, so awesome. I feel like Tomb Raider is like my version of those games because okay. the, the adventures and the graphics are really great, and like going through all that. And it's not that easy. That's, that's it's not awesome because her puzzles it. are hard. You yeah. feel accomplished. Yeah. yeah. Some of those puzzles, like, like, I'm just oh, like, what the hell? It. The puzzles to get through the tombs and the challenges they brought up are like challenging again. So, yeah. And they don't hold your hand with them either. Yeah. They're, they're, they have markings of where you can climb, but they're mm-hmm. very subtle. So I'm just like, shoot, can I climb? You gotta jump and find <laughs> out. Find out, yeah. Yeah, so that one, I, I'm playing The Shadow of the Truman right now, the latest one the right now. The third one, right? The third yeah, one. Okay. Oh, man. And, like, just her running through the forest and the graphics, they look really, really nice and detailed. My number two is The Witcher 3. Oh, the this is one Wild of those, Hunt, right? The Wild Hunt. This is what, like, one of the only games where I actually dedicated my, my life to it. I deep dove and did I almost 100% this game. Really? I did everything because I just love it. The world was huge. Like, the map, like, there was a part where you see mountains over there. You can walk to those mountains. And wow. everything was a side quest. Everything was an adventure. If you go on, like, a, if you uh, accept a job, like, you're a monster hunter. 
So you can see billboards or postings on the, on the town of people who have monster problems. So like, hey, I need help on a farm. Next thing you know, this farm mission turns into something crazier, like a whole deep story. It's a, you're not just going to kill a werewolf. So it's a long game. It's a long game. If like, if you go kill a werewolf, there's a story behind that, and it goes through that, and you have and you could pick your uh, dialogue too as well. Oh. It's huge and like okay. And even the main story, there's moments where like you have an epic clash moment where you think it's the end of the game. Like there was a part where you, they storm a castle and you have to defend it. Once you're done, okay, I'm done. The story's over. No, you there's keep still going. More. And I'm just like, holy crap, that kept happening. And there's two DLCs. Two wow. story DLCs. Yeah. I might have to pick that up because I thought about it. But I'm like, oh, eh, man. Maybe it's not. Just, it's and I heard world. that you don't need to play the other Witcher ones to enjoy no, this one. No, but if you played the first two and there's some characters you meet that show up in The Witcher 3 that okay. are from The Witcher 2 and 1. But story-wise, you don't have to. Not really. Okay. But um, just so they mentioned, like, if you played the first two and you did stuff during those games, they will mention, like, hey, I remember you did this a long time ago. And you're like, oh crap, I did do that. Because there were some times in The Witcher... When I, I played The Witcher 2, and a bunch of missions I did, uh, one character did show up in The Witcher 3 and uh, mentioned it. That's what I did like about it. And my number one are the Arkham games. Oh. The Batman Arkham games. You can't just pick games, one, huh? <laughs> I can't. Well, Arkham City. I Arkham picked City? Arkham City. Arkham City? <laughs> yes, Arkham City is my all-time favorite one. It's because it just changed Batman. It changed games. All, like The new Spider-Man game. Yes. It's heavily influenced from these arcs. Oh, yeah, games. of course, and you can see it. Yes, just the fighting mechanics change fighting mechanics for all these fighting games, these adventure games, and it's Batman. So and it's had... something you've never seen before. And the fact that it's Kevin Conroy as the voice yes, of Batman. Yes, it's pretty much a, that. It's just a continuation yeah. from the animated series. Yeah. So where yeah. it ended off, this is where it happens. But um, for me, and canon wise. But um, for me, it's just like you're physically are, not physically, but you are Batman. In a huge city, you're not mm-hmm. I, you're not in stuck in Arkham Asylum anymore. You're actually in a city. You can climb buildings, fly around, and the mechanics glide. Are great. The they mechanics are so good. Yes, they are like a staple. So every time you mention like, hey, these are some Arkham mechanics. So they define those fighting mechanics. So when you were fighting people, those mechanics are, are like. They came from this game. Yes. It's and so pretty, just feeling like you're Batman going through this long adventure, you're just like in a Batman story. You ever played those, Brian? The Arkham games? I never had a chance to play Ooh, Arkham. What? Yeah. Arkham yeah. Asylum? I always wanted to give it a try. Oh, man. They you don't regret it. And Witcher regret See, the thing is because what made those Arkham games so cool is not just, besides how you mentioned the, thing, the mechanics, the story, all that stuff, the detail. The they, detail. The detail in the game, like, not just Batman himself and the characters, just like the world around it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just so, so good. And you feel like you're in Gotham City. And in That's Arkham Knight, you're part. physically in a section of Gotham. Like a huge, huge section. Yeah. It's like four times the map of Arkham City. Yeah. Ar- Arkham Knight? Mm-hmm. Arkham Knight, yes. And so. I like, my favorite thing about Arkham Knight is the, you can actually use the Batmobile now. Yes. That was cool. They leaned a lot into that. They... Push, they kind of forced it down your throat, yeah. which you kind of shouldn't have. But even without the Batmobile, gliding around the city, using your your zip line to zip around, you can still do that gliding too. And stuff. Yeah, gliding. I, I always is had fun. fun just gliding. Yeah, I it took me about twenty minutes. I don't know if you remember that trophy that if you fly for I don't know how many meters. Yeah, that you get a trophy. I did that. It took me like about ten minutes. Just I was just like gliding around the city, just. Going up and down. I remember. Just to get a trophy. I did that and I got but it But it was fun because, you know, he does that dive mm-hmm. and like the the visuals of the dive, yes. you can feel like you're actually diving. And there was a moment in Arkham Knight where you had to find and chase down Man Bat. 
Yeah, that's and right. The and the thing is, because you can't just find him anywhere. No. He just pops out of nowhere. Yeah. So you never know when you're going to get and him. And then in the beginning, like before his mission starts, you're just like, let's say you're swinging and you zip line to a building. You pull yourself up. The way he introduces himself, like by the time you get to the top of the building, Mambat would just come out and yeah, scare the there. shit out of you and yeah. then fly off. That's just when you know he's ready. Like that. Yeah, they would have him. moments a lot like that. Yeah, that was, that was cool. And they made it so nice and fluid. You're just like, holy shit. You didn't expect it. You didn't expect it. I still it. have yet to beat to 100% Arkham Knight because you know if you beat 100%, you get the second ending. Yeah, just and then... That, um, you have to do all the Riddler riddles. And to, you get to fight Riddler at the end. Yeah, that's the, that's the only part I'm at. I got yeah. everything else, everything done. The Riddler just, challenges were hard and annoying. They still are. Uh, but yeah, that's my number one game I'm so, playing right now. to finish up our list for our podcast is... What are your top three upcoming games that you just can't wait? Ooh. That you just like, I need to play these games. I can't wait to play these games. You know, for me, my f- number three is Ghost of Tsushima. You know, I I love that Japanese lore that, you know, and I've seen the gameplay. Yeah, it's like a, it's pretty much you're playing a, a samurai, and just Is that like, the one on the PlayStation that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you ever see the movie, uh, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise? Yeah. Think of it as you playing that. Yeah, but is it that the one I seen where like they're just standing there and like the red petals are like flying everywhere? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay, that's yeah. the one I did see. Okay, yeah, yeah I did see that. That one looks so good. I Man, it kind of, it's like if I'm playing. The movie, you know, like a movie. It's like a it's moving just, art. Yeah, it is, and like, it's one of those games that you can just leave the character alone and just admire the scenery around. Like God of it, War. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it looks so good. And just, the, I like the, the gameplay looks very simple too. Mm-hmm. But it's very, it's effective in the sense that, you know, it's going to be satisfying when you do these fight scenes, these fights in the game and all that stuff. It just looks really, really good. And from when that little bit of gameplay that I saw... The soundtrack sounds amazing. Really? You know, the, the, like, there's a scene where he's, like, trying to sneak into this building, and you can hear, like, the water, because it looks like it just rained, and you can hear the water still dripping in some areas, stuff like that. Okay. So it's, like, the detail that's, that's been going great. into this that's game. That's going to be great. Yeah, it's so good. So, yeah, that's my n- number three. My number two is Cyberpunk 2020, 2077. Oh, yes, that's going to be Cyberpunk. so good. People who made The Witcher. Yes. So you know how deep and detailed this game is going to be. One because one of the one of the main things that caught my eyes because it takes place in the future, you know. If you look at it though, it looks like it's like, you know, just old, run down, you know, beaten, you know, just uh, uh, I would say like homeless, written city, but it takes place in the future, and it's just like I'm a huge fan of that the that last Dread movie. It kind of reminds Dredd? me, of, oh, yeah, man. Judge Dread. Yeah. It kind of oh, reminds me of that, that movie. you know, like a Blade Runner a little bit, but not too dystopian. Yeah, exactly. And, and it takes place in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that definitely caught my interest, and I was like, yeah, I'm 100% on this, is the soundtrack. It's made by one of my favorite artists. Cool. Uh, the, his band is called per- Perturbator. I would have okay. a hard time saying it. But it's like, he's like like a mash at that techno-industrial sound. And he's, doing, he's handling the entire soundtrack for this game. All right. And so and it fits this game, and it's just like... The graphics, and then there was like what was like an hour gameplay that they released. Yeah, man, it just looked so yeah, it good. Looked so weird. It was amazing. It's gonna be first person, so yeah, yeah, which is, I didn't expect, but I'm okay with. But yeah, because it just looks so good. They usually third person games, which is The Witcher yeah. is. Yeah, and so I'm I'm really excited because you know this uh, this kind of lore that it's gonna have is just. It really catches my mm-hmm. eye, so I just can't wait for that one. It's gonna be a good game. And we've been talking about it several times. My number one is Mortal Kombat 11. 
Ooh, it's gonna drop soon. Yes, it comes out in a couple weeks. And the reason why, just like how Brian was mentioning how Mortal Kombat 9 was to the franchise, I feel this one is doing the same thing because I felt like Mortal Kombat 10 was great, but I felt like it lost some of its magic along the way when they were making it. It really did. It, yeah. it, it was good, but not great because I, you know, I had fun playing it at first, but then I kind of, I just got tired of playing it. I didn't want to play it anymore, you know. And actually, I don't even, I barely even play it. And so, but now that how, when they announced this one, and then how I see the new mechanics. The new, like the whole new style. Yeah, and it just looks really good. And like the details in it are great. Like the just the levels themselves, mm-hmm. just not including the characters, not including the fight, just the levels themselves. Like the the fight arenas, they look so detailed, so rich in detail. They actually look like there's depth in there. Like it's not just like a side side fighter scroller, just you know from one end of a screen to another. It looks like there's like actually like a third dimension in there. You know, to add depth to the thing. And it just looks really good, and and so and obviously, all the freaking fatalities just look so over the top. Oh my so god, it cool. so gory with the oh, updated graphics. Looks so good though. Oh man. So yeah, that's my list of of top three upcoming games that I just can't wait to play. What are you looking for, Brian? Yeah. So for me, uh, number one spot for me is definitely gonna be Death Stranding. It's Hideo Ooh. Kojima. Yeah. I mean, one of my, one of my most favorite things. Uh, discussions I have with people, you know, whenever I see someone who knows how to play games, they go like, oh, hey, Brian, so, like, what game are you excited for the most? And I usually go, oh, yeah, Death Stranding. And they go, oh, what's that about? And I just kind of, like, shrug. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I really don't know. Like, that first trailer true. was captivating. The second trailer doesn't answer any questions. It, it makes more. you have more questions. Same thing with every trailer. And that even when releases. they release the gameplay, you still don't know what to do. And 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 that and why and is that then, baby inside nowhere read us? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then um and and just you know trying to you know theorize what's going on in the game with other fans who've like trying to analyze the trailer and everything else creates a lot of conversation, makes you excited. And there's just something about that world too that's just captivating. Like I've dreamed about that world. Really? Just like how it, it feels very. I, I don't know, it feels empty, but peaceful at the same time. And just, you know, like, it, it essentially it's like a, you know, you know, like, after like a very rainy day, it's still kind of rainy, but not really, but it feels like kind of relaxing. Like that world, it feels like that, but it also feels dangerous at the same time. So like, I really want to see what's going on with it. And I was actually discussing with my boss how this game is probably going to be a mind wipe. Where after you play it, you have no idea what you just played. You just remember. You have to replay. Just it again. remember it was great. You know, you, just, <laughs> you don't know what happened the past week. Like where did my life go? Like, you sat down, played a game, and all of a sudden, like everything in your mind is gone. No, that happened to me when I played the first Castlevania: Lords of the Shadow. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I played it. I, you know, I sat down, just played, 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 played and then I beat it. Then I'm all like, wait, wait, I don't remember what the game was about. I gotta play it again. And then, yeah. yeah. It's that good. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, second one on my list, uh, big surprise here, Shimu 3. I mean, I've only been waiting, you know, since two decades. Th- yeah, since like 2000. <laughs> did you um, pitch into the Kickstarter? I did. Really? Like, the, the moment, like, within, I didn't even know they had a Kickstarter. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the reason they why they announced the Kickstarter in 2015 when they announced it. Uh, within like the first, like, two minutes of the Kickstarter, I donated $100 to oh, wow. it right away. Yeah. yeah. Let me get my wallet. But right I mean, now. like, yeah, yeah. like, uh, you know, the game, when it first came out, the first Shimu in 2000, the main bad guy kills my dad. 
that was in 2000. We're we're in year 2019 now. I've been waiting yeah. 19 years to get ah. revenge on this guy. <laughs> you know, like it's about time to you know get revenge for my father's death. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, then and uh, you can only imagine how good the graphics are going to be compared oh, yeah, to you know, I know. 19 it's already years different. So you know, this is going to be one of those like super one of those immersive games. Movies. Yeah, yeah it's gonna draw you in and stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, a, like a nineteen years is a long time. I mean, we have kids that are like now adults that were not even born by the time my father was murdered in this case. Previous ways that my father was yeah. murdered. It, it, but you gotta think about it. It's gonna add a lot of pressure to the studio because they that take well. all these people's money, you know, for the Kickstarter. Yeah. For them to release a bad product, this is gonna look bad on them. So yeah. they yeah. have to. But it's also um, Yu Suzuki. He's the original uh, writer and creator of the first game who did the second game who's been fighting for years against How much money did Sega. they end up raising on the Kickstarter? I think like their goal was 2 million and they they doubled that, They right? doubled it within the first hour. Yeah, wow. so they got yeah, Within the first wanted. hour? Within yeah, the first hour. Yeah, they got it more yeah. than wow. what they wanted. Okay, well then... Yeah, which then, is crazy. So oh, then like, there's no reason for this game not to be good. Yeah, Hopefully th- not. This is a big love project for Yu Suzuki. Oh. The fact that he's been fighting Sega for years to get the rights from the game and they finally... Got on the rights, and Sony went ahead, went ahead, and Sony's helping fund the game as well. Oh, see, which is pretty crazy. Oh, that's gonna be great. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what they got. And then uh, my first game, like you, Eddie, Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, definitely. I mean, as you said, it's like what they're doing with Mortal Kombat 9. This, uh, I played the beta. This game feels more like Mortal Kombat 9 than it does Mortal Kombat X. I'm so mad, and that there has been more excited. I lost my damn code. I pre-ordered it. They gave me the code. I don't know where I put it. So I just wasn't able to play it. Damn. But yeah, yeah, I'm super, super excited. You know, they're listening to a lot of the fans on this one. They're bringing back a lot of fan favorites. Oh, definitely. Uh, be- and then they're also now putting a bunch of brand new ones, too. Yeah, the new characters. They just uh, announced Collector. Showed oh, him I did off. sell that trailer. Collector looks amazing. When I first saw, like, a picture of him, and, like, they leaked, like, hey, that's a new character called Collector, I'm just, like, it a little weird. worried. I'm like, it looks weird. Like, But once you saw the gameplay, once I saw, though, Yeah, mm-hmm. the gameplay, I'm like, okay, this guy is amazing. He kind of creeped me out a little bit, how he has his hands folded in the back. Yeah. And the way it animates are like it's really cool too. Yeah, and man. then um and he's a brutal character. And, and and then the fact that they're just, you know, like very like full on embracing characters on what they're supposed to be. Like Liu Kang is more like Bruce Lee than he's ever been. And Kung Lao more like, you know, Wing Chun pretty much. Uh, Noob Saibot is more of a grim reaper than he's ever been. Noob Saibot. Noob Saibot looks amazing. amazing. The fact that he has a scythe just Stabbed into his back and sticking out this oh, so chest. Sta- That's oh, how he shoots his not, scythe. It's amazing. Really, I thought he was just like a holster or something. No, I did not no, notice that detail. It, that it, was it looks amazing. Oh, like, his fatality. He feels is so much like. Oh yeah, his fatality is yeah. great. Oh, he just comes and I love right the, like how they they actually added more of the teleporting moves to yes. him to his character and yeah. like how good they look. It's awesome. Did you see wait. Shang Tsung? He's, yeah, oh yeah, and Shang Tsung, Kara Tagawa, the original actor from the original yeah, movie. That's so cool how they got him. Is he going to be playable? He's, a, he's yeah. the first DLC character. First he's the very first DLC character. Yeah. I can't wait to see his gameplay. But he's going to be that uh, character. His great return. Because he was, was he in 9? No, he no? wasn't in 9. People, fans wanted him to be in 9. And then but he, he wasn't, wasn't in 10 nine. either. And then they didn't bring, they didn't bring Shang Tsung back in 10. So oh, him coming back in eleven, and they're bringing yeah, back the original actor too. The original so, actor, yeah. oh, that's really great. So it's finally come full circle. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Man, I wish they would. And I'm excited the for the story because they're doing all. They're bringing back old storylines, other. Yeah, characters. what I love about the storyline is that it's not like a, it's not a reboot. It's not time travel or anything. No, it's 
Chronica is merging the previous timeline with, with the, the current moon. timeline into one merge. And it's actually creating a pretty cool thing with the stages, too. So, like, on uh, the Kotal Khan reveal trailer, or I should rather say the Jackie Briggs reveal trailer, yeah. um, they're fighting in, you know, Shao Kahn's Coliseum. So there are moments where it kind I of... At, I kind of looked at that again. I there, there, there's I like a, it it's really cool, because, like, I rewatched the trailer so many times. There's, like, a little, like... You could see like a breach thing, like electronic breach, where you see the stage. It's like Shao Kahn's rule, and it's like flashing back and forth between Shao Kahn's rule and Kotal Kahn's rule, which is pretty cool. So you see like Shao Kahn's like banners and stuff, and then you see like the breach spread out, and then all of a sudden like you'll see Kotal Kahn's banners, and like they didn't didn't show it much in the trailer. You kind of had to pay attention to it, and you just kind of see it real briefly and it's like Ooh, that, that looks really amazing cool. so they, like one stage is pretty much two yeah, yeah so it kind of leaves you wondering like how would it look like with all the stages like and with Shang Tsung's island because right now it's all the dead monks like could they potentially have a version of the stage where all the monks are alive and it's like the classic version of the stage oh that would be so dope mm. I want would be that, awesome what stage I want back is the one with the for, the, the forest with the screaming oh the living screaming forest trees? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want man, that I think stage cool. back I think it would be amazing if they brought that stage back, but the living forest is now the dead forest where, like, the trees were all, like, all corroded, dead and, like, corroded dead and, like, burnt. Ooh. And it flashes into the living one? And it flashes into the living one. That'd, That'd be, be cool. cool. That would be cool. Nice. So for you, Adrian, what are your right, top, so three, the top, top three, three, three games that you want to so play? So number three, and I'm finally happy they announced it, but it's probably not going to come out to the next generation of Xboxes and Playstations that are coming out, is the next Elder Scrolls game. Ooh, Because man. the last Elder Scrolls game, we... I played it to shit, and they keep releasing it and making remakes and remasters because it just came out on the Switch. Yeah, so I, 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 I saw think that. we're all due for a next uh, Elder Scrolls, and they and finally did a trailer. Next... The next one, but it's going to be Skyrim. It's not Skyrim, <laughs> but they only showed a really super quick overview of this like mountain or something like that. But it's a next Elder Scrolls game, but they said it's not going to come out until the next generation of consoles. Oh, so wow. we won't see it on the Xbox One. So, so this is going to be like also like. The graphics in this, yes. this gameplay is yeah. gonna be freaking. It's gonna be like top huge, of the line. Yeah, it's gonna be a huge change. And the Elder Scrolls, it's gonna have so much into it. So there's gonna be so much into it. That I'm excited for them to bring. Something I want to add on that. You know they have something truly special when all they show is just a mountain range, the mountain and range, nothing else, nothing else. And then you hear that epic music going, and it's oh, just yeah. like, ah, oh, you know you're gonna be in for a huge adventure with that one. That's what I'm excited. It's gonna be a long. It's just game. that it's super a, long. Yeah. No, once they add DLC. Like expansions, yeah, and they know what they crazy. have. My second one is what you brought up earlier Cyberpunk. Yeah. After playing The Witcher, man, CD Projekt Red can do no wrong. They're gonna yeah, put so much TLC into this game, it's gonna be a huge open world. And I heard about missions, and they say if you're doing a mission and you fail the mission, it won't say game over, it'll just continue, and you gotta live with the consequences of you not passing that. that. I like that idea. So you, if you that's fuck up, cool. you gotta you gotta deal with it because that's what happens. Yeah, I like that idea. That's awesome. There's only a game over when you die. Oh, okay. But if you fuck up a mission, you keep going. You, that's you cool. fucked it up. That's that's, that's awesome. cool concept. So, uh, I've never seen that before. That's pretty so that's cool. why I'm just like I'm so excited. And my number one. It is going to come out for the Xbox One, but it's going to be a launch for the next Xbox, which is Halo Infinite. I wish it had a different name, because oh. Infinite has been done to shit in so many times with these games and movies and whatnot. Are they bringing back the Master Chief? Yes, this is, yeah. last, this is it. This is the last story. That's what line. they said about the last one. No, this is like, they did the, this is supposed to end the Master Chief and Cortana storyline. Okay. This is the very last one. And how they ended five, spoilers, Cortana goes apeshit. Cortana's oh. like going to kill everybody. She so goes Skynet. 
Yeah, so now Master Chief, I don't know if he's bringing Blue Team with them. I hopefully, but he has to go and stop her. So it's going to be one of those Cortana and Master Chief. Oh, going head to head. So it's he, gonna be it's gonna be a, a good take on it because you know people have grown to love these characters because they're always yes, together. Yeah, because the whole mission was like Cortana was getting sick, yeah, and Master Chief was doing everything he can to save her. Like he loved her more than anything. Like yeah. that was his AI companion. Like he was more human with her than with anybody else. Yeah, so that's why he keeps saving her. And it also goes to show that like Master Chief will actually disobey orders when it comes to Cortana. Yeah. When they've always built him as yes man, you yeah. know, like yeah, yes sir, you know, he takes like, his orders, the best soldier no ever. questions asked, he does whatever he's told to do. Yes. Yeah, but then when it comes to Cortana now within the new Halo games, I think it's a nice little character trait where he now doesn't go with those orders. Yeah, and he's kind of lost because right now he's kind of going into a mission without her. So she was always. Chief, go down this way. Chief, watch out for that side. Or he was like always in her ear. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go to this no, place. He's literally on his own. He's on his own. Against her. Against her. The he... person he fought to protect, the person he tried so hard to like save, she's now corrupt and evil and took all these AIs and corrupted them. And now she has the Forerunner technology, which would activate all the Halo rings. So now she's oh. planning on using it again. Well, damn. So this last Halo game, they're building a... They built a new engine from scratch. They're not using a, uh, the previous Halo engine. They're building a whole new engine from scratch. Do you think the gameplay style is going to be the same? Yes. By doing that. So it's, they're going to change a lot of things, which they should in any kind of game. You want to always want to Hopefully evolve. they're not taking a risk that ends up backfiring on them. Hopefully not, but with this next E3, they're going to answer all those questions. And they're bringing back local multiplayer split screen. So with that with that in mind, what kind of game, what kind of gameplay style would you actually think would be cool to see in this franchise? I would want well, since as you're a huge fan of them, you've played all the previous ones. What what change would you like to see in this new one? As far as gameplay goes, I kind of low key want them to kind of bring back armor abilities like in Halo Reach, where you had the armor lock, the shield. You can okay. send a you can send a hologram that way. They should do something like that, but more. Like, a big, huge variation no, of it. And I mean in the sense that, you know, all of the Halo games are first-person shooters, right? Yes. Would you be okay with a third person? No. Why not? Because that just defeats the purpose of what Halo is. It was always a first-person game. Mm -hmm. If you change it to third person, you're changing the way they tell a story. What about, like, over-the-shoulder camera? No, because with the when you're Master Chief, you have his visor yeah. as yeah. your screen. So you are literally Master Chief. Ah, okay. And you see, it's like it's more of a storytelling aspect. Mm -hmm. So if you change that, you don't feel as like Master Chief as you no, would. No, it definitely changes. So it I changes the point. HUD and it changes everything. So I that would just would defeat the purpose of I think it'd be that cool. story. They way. should add that as an option. Well, they kind of do that in in the multiplayer. So when you're running and you do a charge, you turn into a third person real quick and charge somebody. And then no, I mean, like, as far as like, when you play in the main story, that would be cool if they could give that player as an option. Because for me personally, for my personal preference, I prefer games with a third person or over the shoulder. Mm -hmm. For me. I like games like that. Yeah. You know, that's why I think like in like all these shooters, like uh, Call of Duty, um, what's that on Battlefield, all these, yeah. where you can customize your character in all these different ways. What the hell is the point? You can't even see it if you're in first-person shooter. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean. So I was, for me, I think it would be cool, uh, an option where, yeah, you for all the hardcore fans like you, you know, you love the, the first-person visor you, I would think look. they should do that in multiplayer. Because a lot of people like changing out their armor, changing out different cosmetics and having different armor. Yeah. So people like to see it. 
Because if you're in first person, you can't see what you're wearing. Yeah, exactly. But in third person, I would think multiplayer would be the way to go and give you that option. Yeah, yeah. I can see because that. Because that way keep you, the, you can spend keep, money that on way you can different keep the story, outfits. The, the story original, yeah. you know, that original feel. Because they have to do that because, you know, how long has it been since the last Halo with Master Chief? When was Halo the last five. one? Five. How long ago was that? 2015. Yeah, a couple years yeah, ago. That's almost five years ago. So, yeah, they have to bring those those I think, fan favorite aspects back. Yeah, and I think this is the longest period in between Halo games ever. Yes, because um, after Halo 5, no. Because they had Halo... Halo Reach was in 2010. Because yeah. it was no, Halo no, 3. Two, yeah, 2010. It was Halo 3, then it was Halo Reach after that, right? Yes. ODST came out in 2009. ODST then Reach? Yeah, ODST, okay. then Reach in 2010. ODST is like one of my all-time favorite Halo games. And then, uh, I love ODST. ODST was amazing. Just oh, like, was it, wasn't that the one that, that people were saying that... all these negative stuff about? Or was it Reach? It was um, 4. Halo 4? 4. No, yeah, uh, yeah 4. four. Was it I four? didn't like 4 either. Huh. I, I, I feel like when 343 took over the Halo series, they should have continued it with ODST's uh, gameplay style. Yes, but they played it way too safe. They tried not to change anything. And they just left for, like, we made a Halo game. Yeah. Like, don't yell at us. But it was like, they didn't do anything with it. It was it, pretty it much was, the same. It was pretty much the same. They didn't add nothing to it. And the guns, like, the the balance of the guns sucked. Like, shooting a regular alien was a plasma rifle was horrible compared to, like, an Other assault ones. rifle. It yeah. was just, like, there was the, the gun weapon tuning balance was crap. Wow. It was horrible. So that's why the multiplayer was just boring. Mm. Because I remember the, uh, there was like a whole controversy of how people, how even you know, diehard fans, they hated a Halo game. was like, that's impossible because yeah. every Halo game is always tops the previous one. It always gets mm-hmm. better and better and better. This is the reason why, I'm, for me, I'm just a diehard fan of the first original three. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first original three are like, you know, that's I can play the, those over and over. In the Master Chief Collection, they have all of them, including four, but when you're in multiplayer, you have the option to pick one game you don't want. <laughs> I don't want Halo 4. So I'll play one, two, or three, but just make sure I don't get into a game where I'm playing Halo 4. I'll be pissed. <laughs> nice. So those are your top three upcoming games. Yeah, Halo Infinite. Nice. I hate that title, but oh, I just can't wait. I just want to see where this story goes. From a little kid till now, the music... You know, you all know the Halo theme song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, did did you ever see time. the video? There's like a, at some college or something. And there's like these girls. <laughs> girls things are, they're being yeah. funny recording the guys. They open like the locker room door. And they're all, they're all together in, in chorus singing the theme song. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember that. That oh, like man. operatic kind of sound. All of them. And like the girls are like, ee, look at that dumb. But even like, after the operatic, they have a moment where the guitar comes in, it's like, da na na Oh, that shit pumps yeah. me up every time. Would it's, you like that same song in the new one? They're going to bring it. I know that. They them. need to bring it back. They're going to bring it back. I feel like that's I, what four and five were lacking. They didn't have that in they four didn't. and five. But um, they had a cool moment in five, the opening where, um, where you play as um, Spartan Locke. And you finally jump on that planet with Buck, and they're like, contact, and they just jump off the plane, and they're like rolling down the hill, but they're shooting fucking elites on the, as they're going down, and they're rolling and shit, throwing grenades. Like, that part was epic. Like, this running, just shooting, they're like, contact, got one, and they're just like going down this hill. That was really cool in Halo 5. Yeah, so this is a lot of great games to look forward to, but these are definitely our favorites that we want, and we can't wait for. So with that... I want to thank all you listeners out there who stuck through this long-ass podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to thank Brian for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Probably oh, yeah. will not be the last time we'll see him. 
So jump on our site, reach us out on social media, and let us know what games you're looking forward to, what you're playing now. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you all next week. Peace out. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Laters.